1: This week's episode of Do Go On was recorded live at Stupid Old Studios.
3: That's right. And not just the audio, but the video, which we streamed
1: live, but you can also catch up on it at SOSPresents.com. Yep, you can get a season pass and watch all four live streams for the price of three. That is an absolute bargain.
0: So that's this week's, uh, last week's, and you can even watch the next two live, including next week's 250th I was going to say birthday, but we're not that old. 250th episode celebration. Mm,
3: that's right. And at the end of all these episodes, uh, we do an extra little bit. Uh, we did a Q&A. We've done a quiz. The one for the 250th. We did a fact finder. That is absolutely right. We and gave
0: our best Pope facts and also facts about
3: spiders, spiders. and remake films. Mm-hmm.
0: And one other thing. But we won't tell you what. You have to watch to find out.
3: <laughs> but next week for the 250th, we'll be having a little birthday or party celebration afterwards uh, with a few live guests videoing in. So, if you want to get involved in that, again, it is SOSPresents.com. But if you want to hear the edited version of the podcast, just keep listening now.
0: Minus dog, because there's dog in the video version. Yeah, that's
3: right. We had a dog break
0: little tiny dog
1: just we- wandered onto the stage from nowhere wearing a hoodie it's very cute you have yeah, to yeah where did say it come it. from
3: i'm we, not sure we didn't ask enough questions and where did it go <laughs>
1: this podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates
2: Welcome
3: to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and as always I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt
0: Stewart. Hi Dave, hi Jess. Hi
1: Matt, hi Dave. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm.
0: It's so good to be here once again. We're here to do a show, a podcast show if you will. Yes. And it's about learning, but it's about laughing along the way. Isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And do
1: you know what I've always found? (laughs) That really at the end of the day it's it's about the friendship. Mm. You know what Mm, I mean? Mm. I think that. Dave's about the money, obviously, but um, I'm about the friendship.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm about the friendship as well. All aboard. (laughs) The friendship. (laughs) The friendship train. (laughs) The (laughs) friendship. I get it. I get what you're saying. I love modes of transport. I love them. Uh, Wordplay. It's good fun. It is good. (laughs) It's good fun.
1: Is that a pun? Um, I don't know anymore. How does this show work,
0: though? That's the question on everyone's lips. People are tuning in and going... But what the fuck is this? (laughs) Dave,
3: can you help them out? I haven't read any description of this episode at all. (laughs) Well, basically, if you haven't read anything, uh, we take it in turns to report on a topic often suggested by a listener, but not always. And uh, whoever gives the report, they start with a question because the other two people don't actually know
1: what they're going to bang on about. For hours and hours and hours. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep.
0: And uh, this week I'm asking that question because I'm doing the report. And my question is, what object has been sung about by previous report subjects, the Beatles, Rihanna and Marilyn Monroe?
1: Oh, Um, okay. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay. Have they all done that? Well,
0: the Beatles did have a song, Happy Birthday as well. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh,
1: Maxwell's Silver (laughs) Hammer.
0: Yes. The topic today is bang, bang.
1: (laughs) Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yes, they've
0: all all famously sang about that (laughs) club band.
1: Can we have a clue?
0: Uh, Another previous topic that it relates to is James Bond. Oh, There was one of the titles. Ah, Money Penny. (laughs) (laughs) The Revenge of Money Penny, that famous James Bond film.
1: Diamonds. Yes. Diamond. yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: what? Guess wins again. <laughs> so, obviously, uh, if you don't know, Beatles sang Lucy in the Sky are Diamonds. Rihanna sang Diamonds. Uh-huh. And Marilyn Monroe sang Diamonds are a girl's best friend.
1: Yeah. So, this. My uh, best friend is Christy.
0: This week's topic
1: is based. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all say our best friend. <laughs> Hi, Tom.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
0: I genuinely don't have a best friend. Oh. <laughs> I don't know my friend Tom is watching. <laughs> well I've said that, I'm sure I've said this before. When I was a kid, my mum told me it's stupid to rank your friends.
3: It is pretty stupid, yeah. yeah.
0: So I've never done but it.
3: But It is important to name your precious gems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, rank your precious gems. I got diamond, ruby, sapphire. Yeah.
0: That's your top three.
3: Amethyst. Yep. The big four.
0: Yep. Okay. Don't um, ask
3: me for a fifth.
0: So, th- this topic was suggested to... I was halfway through writing another report, which I'll do down the track, uh, and then I was chatting to my dad, and he suggested this topic, diamonds, and so that's what I'm going to be doing about today. So, it was suggested by a listener.
1: Yep. Me old man. Would he be your best friend?
0: Oh, he's one of my very good friends, yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: One of your first friends? You
3: wouldn't even say one of my best, one of my good <laughs> friends. I'd like to introduce you to a good friend,
0: my, my dad. dad. Well, my- it's funny. I mean, you know, I don't. Uh, it's funny how I sort of you don't necessarily think of parents, parents as friends, no. but I mean, yeah, sure.
1: When I was in high school, and some uh, girls I went to school would be would be like, "Oh, my mum's my best friend," and I asked my mum, "I was like, are we best friends?" she was like, "I'm not your friend." <laughs> She's like, "I'm your mum." Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, mum. Way to assert boundaries, mm. you know. Even now, I'm like, want to go shopping? She's like, no. no, nah, I'm kidding. We're friends now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, what is a diamond?
1: <laughs> what is a diamond?
0: According to dictionary.com, this is my favourite, like, um, padding of a report. You see someone doing a talk somewhere and you're like, oh, they got nothing. Yeah.
3: The Cambridge Dictionary <laughs> defines diamond as...
0: Uh, Dictionary.com calls it a precious stone consisting of a clear and colourless crystalline form of pure carbon, the hardest naturally occurring substance. I didn't know that. It's a fun fact right off the bat. That is, yep. I'm not really talking about diamonds in general. I'm talking about the kind of the modern day myth or according to the Huffington Post- The most common misconception about engagement rings is that they're some kind of ancient tradition that's deeply embedded in human history and societies around the world. This is completely false. The idea of a diamond engagement ring is roughly a century old. Guess who invented the concept? Not surprisingly, it's the same people who mined the diamonds. (laughs) The De Beers Diamond Syndicate. How far did De Beers go in their quest to create demand for diamonds? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: It would be so good if by, at the end of this he proposes to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone gets to see me go. no. Oh, what? You have misunderstood this. <laughs> we are acquaintances. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't
3: even list you on the best friends list. <laughs> well, um...
1: Wouldn't like, that be funny, Matt? Wouldn't that be hilarious?
0: <laughs> Matt's just going to Just all right. Well, i have going to rewrite a little <laughs> song later on in the re- Dave,
1: what do you reckon? Gonna, he's <laughs> going to propose to Dave. Okay. Uh, okay. So, in
0: 1982, Edward J. Epstein wrote an article for The Atlantic titled, Have You Ever Tried to Sell a Diamond? he <laughs> <laughs> talks about how the De Beers Group helped create the modern value of diamonds. And it's pro- it's... A lot of the articles that are still being written about it today go back to this. He's sort of like the investigative journalist who broke this open a little bit. But it's funny, it was before we were born, before you were born. I've lived forever, but um, (laughs) it's an article. You know, it's nearly forty years old that article, but still, I don't think it's really gotten through. I I was unaware of all this. I assume diamonds were valuable (laughs) and i thought them as engagement rings was an older thing than this but anyway in it in the article which is quite a lengthy one uh linked in the show notes obviously he writes about what he calls the diamond invention saying that quote the creation of the idea that diamonds are rare and valuable and are essential signs of esteem is a relatively recent development in the history of the diamond trade until the late 19th century Diamonds were found only in a few riverbeds in India and in the jungles of Brazil, and the entire world production of gem diamonds amounted to a few pounds a year. It huh. like that should make them more valuable. Well, that, I mean, that's that's when they were genuinely valuable.
3: Oh, okay, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that no one gave a shit about them. There's only like four of them, who cares? <laughs> yeah. There's um, only four of them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that but at that point it wasn't, to get engaged, you got to give a diamond <laughs> ring because, I mean, yeah. You know, normal people couldn't do that. Uh, Then in 1866, the Eureka diamond, a 21.25 carat rough diamond, was found by the 15-year-old Erasmus Jacobs, the son of a farmer. This became (laughs) Africa's first authenticated diamond near the Orange River. According to the De Beers website, Erasmus gave the shiny pebble to his sisters as a plaything. Later, his mother gave it to a neighbor. The Eureka diamond is now exhibited at the Kimberley Mine Museum.
1: Wow. Man,
0: you would love to go back and tell that kid he found something. It's not a shiny pebble, yeah. you idiot.
3: <laughs> Erasmus is also That's incredible. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so I mean, Erasmus
1: is amazing. It does
3: sound like a myth story. Like you have like someone with an amazing name yeah. finding something, yeah. not caring about it. Yeah. yeah. The website also
0: mentions that in 1869, a nice year, the star of South Africa, an 83.5 carat rough diamond, was discovered by a Greeker herdsman. It triggered the first diamond rush. Ooh. The diamond was sold for 500 sheep, 10 head of cattle and a horse. It is now in London's Natural History Museum. Isn't that weird that a precious thing found in Africa is in an English museum? Huh. Huh? It's probably one of the only things they've got, though. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. They yeah. haven't. And I'm sure it was like a gift from Africa, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Africa were like, here, you take it. You need it.
0: Yeah, I don't go into that too much, but, geez, this is all... The backdrop of all this is a lot of cruelty. According to Epstein, <laughs> in 1870, huge diamond mines were discovered near the Orange River in South Africa, where diamonds were soon being scooped out by the ton. So it went from not many years before super rare, only in a couple of places. Now they're just been scooping s- out diamonds. Scooping them out. Like they're just like
1: they're just going. Yep, got. 15 more. Yeah. Yep, here we
0: go. cut. They're already, like, <laughs> shiny. Yeah. And, and
1: Some of them were in rings yeah. and earrings. And it was weird. I think they just stole a woman's jewellery box. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happened.
0: Uh, it goes on. The British financiers who had organised the South African mines quickly realised that their investment was endangered. Diamonds had little intrinsic value, and their price depended almost entirely on their scarcity. Mm. The financiers feared that when new mines were developed in South Africa... Diamonds would become, at best, only semi precious gems. Yuck. (laughs) 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 Suddenly they look a lot less attractive.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: So, what were they to do? Well, Epstein explains. The major investors in the diamond mines realized that they had no alternative but to merge their interests into a single entity that would be powerful enough to control production and perpetuate the illusion of scarcity of diamonds. The instrument they created in 1888 was called De Beers Consolidated Mines Limited, incorporated in South Africa. So, this is is the cartel they've sort of created. We talked about cartels in previous episodes like the maple syrup cartel. (laughs) Uh, you know, OPEC's a big oil version of this, but I had no idea that the same happened in in the diamond yeah. world. I really did just think they were valuable.
1: Yeah, and I I can't say I've thought a lot about diamonds.
0: That that's one of those things. If you probably if anyone spent any time thinking about it, they probably realise. But it's just one of those things that's in the background. Yeah. You know, I've had friends who've got married. I'm sure they all, nearly all of them, bought a diamond. Yeah. For their partners because that's just what you do, and that's just really, as we'll find out, is just great marketing. Uh, the De Beers website puts it in much less conniving terms than that, of course, writing of 1888, <laughs> Cecil Rhodes and Barney Bernardo, Fantastic Get name. Get out. I don't mention him again, Cecil but what a name. Cecil Rhodes? Ce- Cecil Rhodes and, and Barney Bernardo.
1: Barney Bernardo. <laughs> it's Barney? so close,
0: close to Barney Banana, the old <laughs> ice cream.
1: <laughs>
2: Barney I should have looked into Bernardo. him more.
0: Barney Bernardo. What Do we a great know? name. So he doesn't come back. No, I don't talk about him anymore. That's one of the best names we I think that is one of the great names. Um, yeah, I and don't C- know what Cecil I was
3: Rhodes, that's a famous dude as yeah, well. Yeah, I'll right? talk is about that. Like the him Rhodes more. Scholarship is yes. named after him.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about that in a couple of
3: paragraphs. Dave, buddy, hold yeah. your horses. Oh, sorry, Settle the him. Bernardo Scholarship. <laughs> well, we all want one of those. The Barney Bernardo School of Ice Creamery. <laughs> Is that when he started?
2: Yes.
0: Good
3: on him. So this is from the De
0: Beers website. Cecil Rhodes and Barney Bernardo, who had been running two competing diamond operations, decided to join forces and consolidate their companies. De Beers Consolidated Mines Limited was established on the 12th of March. Cecil Rhodes was named chairman and continued in his role until 1902. So Cecil Rhodes is a figure that looms large over this period in South Africa. According to the BBC, Rhodes was an imperialist, businessman and politician who played a dominant role in Southern Africa in the late 19th century, driving the annexation of vast swathes of land. Cool. He was born the son of a vicar in Bishop's Stortford, Hertfordshire, in 1853, and dogged by ill health as a child in... He first came to Africa, where the climate was deemed better for him, aged 17. He grew cotton in Natal, but moved into diamond mining, gradually outwitting his rivals to become the dominant force in the trade. Uh, as well as founding De Beers, both southern Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe, and northern Rhodesia, now Zambia, were named after him. Oh!
1: Ah, there you go. I never
0: put that together. That's obviously why the names would changed back because it's like a weird thing to exist. And like Dave said, Rhodes Scholarships, which allow overseas students to study at Oxford University, are also named after him. Rhodes Scholars include three men who would go on to become Australian Prime Ministers. Any – you want to have a guess? Tony Abbott. Yes, he's Get out. Yep.
2: I
1: thought that was a very funny joke answer. <laughs> no, I, I was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, ha, Yeah, oh, no, he's actually uh, quite educated. Really? Uh, the other two, Malcolm? Bob Hawke and Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah.
1: Oh, So that's two very recent ones, and Bob Hawke wasn't that long ago either.
0: No, Bob Hawke, when he was over there on that, that's when he famously set the Guinness World Record for sculling beer.
1: Ah, uh, yes, our <laughs> Prime Minister.
0: <laughs> There's also... Uh, Maybe the most famous of all Rhodes scholars uh, is ex-U.S. President Bill Clinton.
1: Oh right, okay.
0: According to the BBC, Rhodes detractors see him as a racist and one of the people who helped prepare the way for apartheid by working to alter laws on voting and land ownership. And I think it would be hard to argue against those calling Rhodes a racist. In the same article that they say Rhodes detractors, like uh, they also they go on to say in the same article. <laughs> Talking of white people, I contend that we are the first race in the world and the more of the world we inhabit, the better it is for the human race.
1: (laughs) Oh, strong disagree. I mean, As a s- white person, I mean, you can see how
3: detractors would take that out of context. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and make him seem like a racist. Sure.
1: <laughs> He's like, just saying that white people were here first <laughs> uh,
3: Which
1: and is were com- better.
3: Completely untrue. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like all of that insane. is like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> and the more we spread ourselves out and take over everything, the better we'll all be. He, no. He
0: famously had this dream of Africa um you being able to get a train from the south to the north without ever leaving British soil.
1: Oh yuck!
0: That was his dream, and that was what he, one of his life ambitions was to make that happen.
1: Yeah, so you just want to get like
3: claim a train tracks width the whole way up.
1: Yeah, yeah. that'll do. That'll do the trick.
3: Yeah, he's like minimum.
1: Yeah, minimum. Yeah. <laughs> the train is just covered in the Union Jack. Yeah, it's British. Get, it. get on. Okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, he was a real subtle guy. Um, Unsurprisingly, De Beers distances itself from its founder, saying, this from its website, Although Rhodes is part of our early history, he does not represent our company uh, that we are today. While we cannot rewrite history, we can bear the responsibility of history to build a better legacy, and we put tremendous resource and energy behind this every day. We are very proud of the fact that Cecil Rhodes would not recognize the De Beers of today. According to encyclopedia.com, Rhodes, who died in 1902, never managed to make a successful diamond cartel to corn the world market for the gemstones. Hmm. So he, s- he started up, he was around for the first couple of decades or decade and a half, but then he died in 1902 and that was when he obviously, he was no longer the chairman after he died.
1: Oh, is that? Controversial,
0: okay. but yeah.
1: What? Know. Just because I'm dead?
0: Probably some loophole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: just, oh, so I can't come to the meetings just because I'm dead? Oh,
0: great. <laughs> oh, oh you, all right. Why do you bring the meetings to me? Yeah. yeah. I've got a grave. <laughs> Are you come to be <laughs> Someone amb- carry my body to the meeting. <laughs> One of his ambitions was to, that everywhere from his grave to the afterlife <laughs> would be British soil. <laughs> After Rhodes' death, De Beers continued to successfully mine diamonds. According to their website, 905, the Cullinan diamond was discovered at the Premier Mine at 3,106.75 carats. It's the largest rough diamond ever found.
1: I don't understand how carrots work either. Don't ask. Yeah. But is that <laughs> is it a big diamond or just like a very good diamond? I think it's
0: size. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's size. Okay. I did you read got, that.
3: You got the four C's. Yes. Are you gonna go into them?
0: Uh no. Well, oh, can I can't
3: remember, remember them all. Can, There's C Clarity, cut, oh. colour, and did I say carrot yet? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: carrot, clarity, <laughs> cut and colour, you just said before. Colour. Can you say them all All four of them? Because I've the confused the myself. The a typo.
1: You said clarity, colour, cut, carrot. Carrot,
0: yes.
3: <laughs> that and we is so, could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, their marketing is so good we <laughs> cannot
0: remember it. So the Cullen and Diamond was cut into nine gems. The two biggest were presented to King Edward VII in 1908 and now form part of the British Crown Jewels. Oh, wow. So glad to hear that... Uh, Britain's got a, another piece of uh, the African priceless mineral. Okay, fine. So, they've got two, but that's
1: it. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're drawing a line okay. now.
1: And it was for the queen.
0: Yeah. Well, the king.
1: The king. It was for the king. Yeah. And he needed a bit of razzle-dazzle. No, no. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. While all this was going on, the man who would go on to change the diamond game forever was working his way up the industry. This is from encyclopedia.com. Ernest Oppenheimer, another fantastic
1: oh, name. so good. Was
0: born on May twenty second, 1880 in Friedberg, Hesse, a state in central Germany. Am I saying that right, Dave? H-E-S-S-E? <laughs> Not sure. Yeah, Hesse. Stop turning your back on your heritage, mate. <laughs> um, his family was Jewish and his cigar maker father, Edward, encouraged Oppenheimer and his brothers to leave Germany and its anti-Semitic tendencies in order to make their fortunes elsewhere. How's that? That's in... In the late 1800s. Wow. So, I mean, his old man was. I didn't realise that the anti-Semitism went back that far. Yeah, in ages. my mind, I like it, it arrived with Hitler.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, that just shows my ignorance. So, even Hitler
1: wasn't original.
0: <laughs> he was a hack.
1: God, he's such Not a Not only was Hitler a bitch, bitch <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was he's also a, a hack. He's a
1: hack and a basic
0: bitch. Honestly, why do I even talk about him? He's a fucking, he's nothing.
1: He's nothing. Yuck. I mean, and you know what? Nobody names their kids Adolf anymore. No. And it's a beautiful name that yes, he ruined. He
0: ruined that name. Nearly no one does the moustache either. No
1: one. And that's a good look. Yeah, it's a strong look. And no one can do it anymore. He stole a great name and a great look. What? What a bitch.
0: There's even a stronger word that I want to use to describe him. What? He's a bit of a wobbly pun. Uh, So in 1896, when Oppenheimer was 16, he joined his older brother Lewis at the London firm of Anton... Dukul Bula, a diamond merchant with business interests in South Africa. He first worked in London offices sorting operations, separating the more flawed stones from the ideal ones, and his talents gained the attention of Dunkel's Bula himself. After Oppenheimer became a naturalised British citizen in November of 1901, he sailed to South Africa to take over the firm's office in Kimberley, the site of the largest diamond mine, or a large diamond mm. mine. I've just upgraded
1: <laughs> It's the biggest one. Biggest one. Don't, don't look it up. Don't look it up. <laughs>
0: uh, Epstein said of Oppenheimer, he was in many ways the prototype of the multinational businessman, German by birth, British by naturalization, Jewish by religion, and South African by residence. As World War I broke, Oppenheimer split his time between Britain and South Africa, sailing between the two. On one of these trips, his ship was torpedoed by a German U-boat, meaning he had to abandon ship uh, to a lifeboat and was rescued by a British destroyer. This is a little side note there. Uh, During the war, though, Oppenheimer was able to make some shrewd business maneuvers, and they led him to setting up the consolidated diamond mines of South West Africa. And in 1917, he founded the Anglo-American Corporation to develop gold mining in South Africa. According to Encyclopedia.com, the leverage he now held forced the De Beers Company into a bargaining position with him. In exchange for the Namibian properties, he asked De Beers for a share of stock and a seat on the board, and its corner directors were forced to acquiesce. Ooh.
2: Great Ooh. word, acquiesce. Love that
1: word.
0: Once the war was over, England's King George V... Uh, Knighted Oppenheimer for his wartime service, and according to the De Beers website, he is elected to the De Beers board after Anglo American, the company he founded, becomes a major De Beers shareholder.
3: Huh. It must be pretty young to get that knighthood too. Yeah, I might. I'm just. What was the other king that
0: I said they presented the King Edward the Seventh, right? So, obviously, there was the change I'm not so good on. We've, because we've had one queen forever. Mm. Fantastic. Then there was a, before that.
1: <laughs> Hang on. What's that,
3: day? <laughs> it's fantastic. You don't have to remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. She'll live forever. I wish we could
1: just have one prime minister.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, people say that they don't want a dictator, but honestly, it would be so much easier for history class if it was just the same person all the time. <laughs>
1: That would be good. But yeah, you're right. We've had the Queen for so long. We. You know.
0: Yeah, so I, it just tripped me up though. I'm like, wait, have I given him the wrong number? But it was Edward the Seventh, now it's George the Fifth,
3: so then George the Sixth, then Edward the Eighth, really quickly, and then Right. No, the other way around. Ed, George the fifth, Edward the Eighth, then George. Which one Guy yes.
1: Edward. Right. Right?
3: I can't remember who played. Because then George was. He, he married the American.
1: Yeah. George was. George number George five. Was the
3: queens. And then they were going to have Edward the yes. eighth, but then after he abdicated, so then George, George the
1: sixth, was six, the queen's
3: who was dad. The queen's dad. I wa- I'd love
0: to do an episode one day that just is like a short guide to all of them from the beginning to the end. We just go through all the monarchs of England. Right. But would you? You reckon you'd be able to get it through that in an <laughs> hour? And a half. <laughs> that'd or so? be
3: like a four episode special. Yeah. We could do it. I think that Coming this Blocktober. Interesting. History of the. Shogunat. <laughs> British monarchs. <laughs>
0: De Vere started taking control of the world diamond trade, according to Epstein. At its height, it not only either directly owned or controlled the diamond mines in southern Africa, but also owned diamond trading companies in England, Portugal, Israel, Belgium, Holland, and Switzerland.
1: So is he a like, billionaire?
0: Yes, okay. I would assume so, yeah. They're doing pretty well. Uh, De Beers proved like Beers- he's not.
1: He doesn't have to think about adding avocado.
0: No, he'd say yeah.
1: He'd say yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guac for all. Well, of I don't friends. even
0: think they'd offer They'd just assume.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That wealthy. He walks into a restaurant. They bring him one of everything.
3: Yeah.
0: He just in case. And he can afford it. He yeah. doesn't add things on. He goes, I'll have everything minus the
1: anchovies. <laughs> yeah. Everything,
3: but I don't want this, this, and this. Yeah.
1: Love that. Just that's quicker. What yeah. a baller move. <laughs>
3: It's also very wasteful
2: Oh yeah <laughs>
0: It's weird when rich people are wasteful You're like
2: Huh I would have
0: thought they'd care about stuff And the you know The greater good of humanity It is weird It is weird When
1: billionaires waste stuff
0: <laughs> Damn right Uh De Beers <laughs> FC goes on, De Beers proved to be the most successful cartel arrangement in the annals of modern commerce. While other commodities such as gold, silver, copper, rubber and grains fluctuated wildly in response to economic conditions. Rubber's the shittest one, isn't it? (laughs) Diamonds have continued with very few exceptions to advance upward in price every year since the depression. So, so far we've talked about how De Beers was able to basically control the supply of diamonds. But probably here's where it gets a little more interesting. This is how they started to be able to manipulate demand as well according to epstein in europe where diamond prices had collapsed during the depression there seemed little possibility of restoring public confidence in diamonds in germany austria italy and spain the notion of giving a diamond ring to commemorate an engagement had never taken hold in england and france diamonds were still presumed to be jewels for aristocrats rather than the masses furthermore europe was on the verge of war and there seemed little possibility of expanding diamond sales this left the United States as the only real market for De Beers diamonds. In fact, in 1938, some three-quarters of all the cartel's diamonds were sold for engagement rings in the United States. Most of these stones, however, were smaller and of poorer quality than those bought in Europe and had an average price of $80 a piece.
1: So, before this, would they I- – I'm trying to think of like – Olden day movies, and I'm trying to picture them wearing wedding rings. Did they give engagement rings at all? Or did
0: well, um, mention it somewhere coming up, but apparently, it, it, rings were a thing, but yeah. only about 10% were diamond rings, yeah, right? Okay, in America at that point,
1: yeah,
0: uh, less and non existent in other countries, yeah, yeah, um. Oppenheimer and the bankers believed that an advertising campaign could persuade Americans to buy more expensive diamonds. And they were right. (laughs) So, in September of 1938, Ernest's son, 29-year-old Harry Oppenheimer, headed to New York City to meet with a leading ad agency, NWA, or IA. The price, or AIR, A-Y-E-R, AIR. The price of diamonds had dropped around the world and N W Air and its president Gerald M. Like. Like. L-A-U-C-K. Lauk.
1: <laughs> L-A-U-C-K. I like Like. Lauk. Lauk.
0: Like. <laughs> like. Um, he'd been recommended to Oppenheimer by the Morgan Bank, who would work with his father, Ernest, to consolidate the De Beers Empire. At the meeting, it was agreed that if N.W. are. Ayer- could come up with a marketing proposal approved by Ernest, they will get an exclusive deal to place newspaper and radio ads for De Beers in the United States. This would be a huge contract for them to win. To prepare for the pitch, LAUK needed (laughs) to undertake extensive research, which Oppenheimer agreed to fund. NWI's research found that, maybe I should just call it NWA because I'm struggling with the Aya. Love
3: that. NWA. That doesn't stand for anything else. Great. So that should be fine. There's no other. (laughs) NWA. That won't be confusing. (laughs) All right. So is Ice Cube involved now? (laughs)
0: NWA's research found that since the end of World War One, there'd been a sharp decline in diamond sales in America. So it was already pretty low, and it declined further. Funnily enough, around the time of the war and the Great Depression.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So people weren't buying up big. It's funny. And it's almost like
0: uh, this diamond cartel doesn't have people's best interests in heart. Hey, you know, you're battling right now, but what do you have to do?
3: Buy a diamond.
1: I know you can't afford food, but maybe you could save up for a diamond.
3: <laughs> was that the original slogan? Yeah.
1: That'd be pretty good. <laughs> you can't I mean, you know, food. no bad ideas. We're just spitballing. <laughs> We're yeah, spitballing. Right, we
0: was right. basically saying... Well, do you actually love them?
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realise you it was, hated your I wife. It was real love.
0: But <laughs> if it isn't, then
1: oh no. By all means, buy bread.
0: <laughs> yeah, just just pay for rent and food.
1: Oh my god. If you hate her, I guess sure. <laughs> I mean, I think she deserves better. I don't think she'd like a bread ring. Oh yuck! Oh yummy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a possibility? Ah, uh, you'd have. You'd eat it all and then it'd be gone. That's
0: Mm. just a bagel, isn't it? (laughs) And I'm in. An NWA memo from the time concluded that the state of the diamond market was, quote, the result of the economy, changes in social attitudes, and the promotion of competitive luxuries.
1: Competitive luxuries is fun. Epstein
0: writes that while they couldn't do much about the state of the economy, NWA suggested that through a well orchestrated advertising and public relations campaign, it could have a significant impact on the social attitudes of the public at large and thereby channel American spending towards larger and more expensive diamonds instead of these competitive luxuries. <laughs> 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 is that bread? Yeah, competitive luxuries, <laughs> heat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Fire. <laughs> oh, ladida, running Run in the heater. Bowls
1: of mush. <laughs> S- specifically,
0: the NWAS study stressed the need to strengthen the association in the public's mind of diamonds with romance. Since, quote, young men buy over 90% of all engagement rings, it would be crucial to inculcate them in the idea that diamonds were a gift of love. The larger and finer the diamond, the greater the expression of love. Similarly, young women had to be encouraged to view diamonds as an integral part of any romantic courtship.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: This is so evil and so genius. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Knowing how successful it will be. Because I've never
1: thought about it, but yeah, that it's it's absolutely worked. Just a little, a little team of
0: creatives came up with this idea and it – Yeah, just changed. It's wild. According to the BBC, prior to the 1930s, presenting a woman with a diamond engagement ring was not the norm. Even on the eve of World War II, a mere 10% of engagement rings contained diamonds.
1: Okay, so so there were engagement rings. They just weren't what we picture them to be now.
3: See, but 10%. See, you're in the minority. You'd open up the diamond and go, oh, Uh. diamond. (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) Suppose we get married. Yeah,
1: I guess. Yes. Mm. Is there like... Do you have a return policy? <laughs> yeah.
3: or? Right. Well, does this come with a receipt? Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Committed to this one, are yeah.
1: you? I'd really prefer just a plain band like all my friends have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a bread ring, please.
2: <laughs> yeah. A bagel, Is this edible, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very hungry.
0: <laughs> According to the New York Times, NWA conducted extensive surveys of con- and consumer attitudes and found that most Americans thought diamonds were a luxury for the ultra-wealthy. Women wanted their men to spend money on a washing machine or a new car, anything but an engagement
3: (laughs) ring. Fuck,
1: I'd take either of those,
3: actually. (laughs) Can't fit it on a ring, though. Trying to drag (laughs) your washing machine around. Who's got a load of (laughs) (laughs) whites?
0: It was considered just absolutely money down the drain. It is. Which, I mean... They were writing considering that, I guess. They placed a series of magazine ads featuring reproductions of famous paintings by such artists as Picasso and Dali to convey the idea that diamonds, like paintings, were unique works of art. I think they might have even got, um, maybe Dali did an original one, but some were original and some were just reproductions of famous paintings. According to NWA, a new type of art was devised. (laughs) And a new colour, diamond blue, was created and used in these campaigns.
1: Diamond blue. Yeah. It's its own colour.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So, you know that colour we all know, diamond blue? They came up with that.
1: Yes, we all know diamond blue. Do we not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The relatively new medium of film was also utilized, like you were talking about before. Movie stars were given diamonds. They got the press to report stories that stressed the size of diamonds celebrities gave their loved ones. <laughs> they also got fashion designers to talk up the trend towards diamonds. So they were, they were basically they were wow. doing product placement in a big way. And it sounds like they were, you know, they were early at least early adopters but maybe even helped introduce the idea of the bigger the stars, they go, here's a big diamond to wear on the red carpet. Yeah. They do that, which is now a big part of every red carpet thing. Yep. Which is fun.
1: It is fun. <laughs>
0: Isn't it fun?
1: Oh, I love it. Who are
0: you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> to be is, <laughs> According to Epstein, the Aya Plan also envisod- envisaged using the British royal family to help foster the romantic allure of diamonds. An IA Memo at the time said, since Great Britain has such an important interest in the diamond industry, the royal couple could be of tremendous assistance to the British industry by wearing diamonds rather than other jewels. Queen Elizabeth later went on a well-publicized trip to several South African diamond mines and she accepted a diamond from Oppenheimer. So even she was in the ca- you know, the product placement biz.
1: Far out.
0: The strategies quickly bore fruit. And by 1941, NWI was able to report to De Beers that the sale of diamonds had increased by 55% in the United States since 1938. So, three years
1: later. 55%. Yeah. Far out.
0: Now We're now into war times. I mean, I don't think America's quite joined the war yet, but which I think is part of the reason why they uh, were looking at America rather than uh, other places like in Europe and, and whatnot. Right. Because basically the rest of the world was at war. <laughs> For these Americans uh, living it up with their diamonds. <laughs> uh, according to NWIA, this campaign, I think I've said it differently every time, but that's okay. It's all People right. have come to expect that sort of variety and creativity from me. Mm. According to NWAI, <laughs> this campaign had required the A- concept. A- 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 <laughs> A- <laughs> The campaign had required the conception of a new form of advertising. This is them talking about their own yeah. creation. And the conception of a new form of advertising, which has been widely imitated ever since. There was no direct sale to be made. There was no brand name to be impressed on the public mind. There was simply an idea, the eternal emotional value surrounding the diamond. You see, you do see it now, like industries will, you see milk ads now, mm. rather than ads for yeah, particular like, brands. Yeah, or like
3: buy it, avocados. Yeah. It's not one brand. It's yeah. just so, the yeah. idea. Of it. Is, and Get is some that, pork on your fork. Yeah. Is that like the, like the meat board I've just paid for that? App?
0: Yeah. But I think part of the reason, I haven't got this written down, but I read somewhere that part of the reason for this was they weren't allowed to, because of a conflict of interest or something, they weren't able to directly market it as themselves early um, because they owned too much of a share of the business, or something like that. But anyway, they got around it pretty well, <laughs> uh, very well. Because it just meant, I mean, if if people wanted diamonds, they were buying De Beers diamonds because they had a monopoly. Yeah, if basically. you have the monopoly,
3: you don't have to say the brand name; you yeah. just say the product, and then people go, "Well, it's, I'm not being sold to by a marketing firm here. They just—it's just the diamond itself." Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could that be wrong? Yeah. Why would the diamond lie to me? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, I've seen a lot of older ads that do say to Beers" at the bottom as well. So uh, not one hundred percent sure about that. But mm. basically, it's the it's just that's a little detail at the bottom. The main ad is "Buy diamonds, diamonds are love." Don't you love? You're a robot? Yeah. If you're a robot, this ad isn't for you.
1: Do you not feel?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not only were they successful at intrinsically linking engagement rings and diamonds, they were even able to encourage their buyers to spend much more than they had previously. The bigger the diamond, you see, the bigger the love, the bigger the commitment. And according to the BBC, in the 1930s, at the start of the De Beers campaign, a single month's salary was the suggested ring spend. Yes. They invented that. You still hear that? Yeah. Which is fucked. That's a lot of money. That's so much money. Oh, just a twelfth of your yearly income. Yeah. And is that before tax or after tax? Well, they don't specify that in the ads. (laughs) Come on. But there are, there's a heap of different, I think I'll mention a few of them a bit later when they up it to two months. They just arbitrarily, (laughs) decades later, they go, they start saying their ads two months' salary. (laughs) You know what I'm talking that about. That
1: stresses me out too because I have <laughs> stuff that I was given for my 21st nine years ago that I loved at the time and now I'm like, meh, your taste changes. Okay. So, if you you spend two months of your salary on a ring, well, you're stuck with that, aren't you? Well,
3: that's two months back then. They've now upped it to 48 years' 48 salary. 48 years' salary. <laughs> so, most,
1: more than normal
0: of working life. Yeah. <laughs> So, they'd already increased the percentage of sales. Um, they've got people to buy more expensive ones, wow. but they were by no means finished. Oh they my wanted to further strengthen the link between diamonds and engagement. This next chunk, uh, again, comes from Epstein's article. In its 1947 strategy plan, the advertising agency strongly emphasized a psychological approach. We are dealing with a problem in mass psychology. We seek to strengthen the tradition of the diamond engagement ring to make it a psychological necessity, capable of competing successfully at the retail level with utility goods and services. You don't. Why are you competing with anyway? Um, so, this, so there was, Hang
1: on. There was a line in there about the tradition or something, or the the we want to strengthen the
0: uh, strengthen the tradition of the diamond engagement ring. So yeah, they've built which it, they made up. Yeah, they made so up. So it's not really
1: a tradition. They're so building much, on is it?
0: the tradition they started. Wow. That's from a quote from an NWIA memo that they wrote to De Beers. That's wow. all in their own words. It defined as its target audience uh, some 70 million people 15 years and over whose opinion we hope to influence in support of our objectives.
1: So you get them when they're 15 so that by the time that they're you know, looking to wed.
3: At 16. It's already in there. <laughs> already We've had a good there. 12 months on them. Yeah. That's how you get them. And I hope they've saved a month of that salary over the last year. (laughs) Well,
0: NWA outlined a subtle program that included arranging for lecturers to visit high schools across the country. Uh, This is a quote from (laughs) NWA again. All of these lectures revolve around the diamond engagement ring. You know, important stuff for school kids (laughs) to learn about. And are reaching thousands of girls in their assemblies, classes and informal meetings in our leading educational institutions. The agency explained in a memo to De Beers, the agency had organized in 1946 a weekly service called Hollywood Personalities, which provided 125 leading newspapers with descriptions of the diamonds worn by movie stars. And it continued its efforts to encourage news coverage of celebrities displaying diamond rings as symbols of romantic involvement. In 1947, the agency commissioned a series of portraits of engaged socialites. The idea was to create prestigious role models for the poorer, middle-class wage earners. The advertising agency explained in its 1948 strategy paper, We spread the word of diamonds worn by stars of screen and stage, by wives and daughters of political leaders, by any woman who can make the grocer's wife and the mechanic's sweetheart say, I wish I had what she has.
1: Oh, you suck so much! It's so evil. That's awful. I'd never thought about this.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is—I mean, it just feels like they invented modern marketing. But uh, yeah, it's just wild that they got in so early. Like, it feels like you wouldn't get away with doing it now, but you probably would. I mean, that happened with iPhones and stuff, didn't it? Yeah, you have to—you I mean, have to have a tablet. Yep. This isn't mine. I didn't. I'm not a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Holding Jess's tablet.
1: <laughs> I'm a sucker. I got a oh, desktop, well, hey, laptop, hey, iPad.
0: If you're inferring that, fine. But that's not what I was <laughs> meaning at all. Uh, it was around this time that Francis Garrity, a copywriter at NWA's, came up with a caption for one of their magazine oh, ads. No. you know the the classic one. Get a diamond or fuck off.
1: <laughs> Diamonds are a girl's best friend.
0: A diamond is forever.
1: Diamonds are forever. Great song.
0: Uh, in the ad, the words are written below a picture of two young newlyweds on their honeymoon. Garrity later recalled the night she came up with the iconic line saying, as written in the New York Times, she had just finished a series of ads and was headed to bed when she realized that she had forgotten to create a signature line. Exhausted, she said, dear God, send me a line <laughs> and scribbled something on a slip of paper. When she woke up and saw what she had written, she thought it was just okay. A few hours later, she presented her idea at a meeting and according to her, nobody jumped. Within a year, A Diamond is Forever became the official motto of De Beers.
1: And that came from God. That so, came from God.
0: So you so know it's, it's got, okay.
1: Diamonds have gods backing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm changing my tune now. Isn't uh, it wild? Well, you know,
0: like I've had so many times I've been half asleep and I'm like, oh, I did for a joke or something, I'll write it in my phone. It's always trash. And the next day I go... The fuck was that? Yeah, what? it makes That's
1: no. sense It's never been
0: a diamond is forever. <laughs> Damn it! But give it a year or so, and it might be your official slogan. Yes, and also, but I have never asked God to please send me a line.
1: That's what you got to do first.
0: Yeah. I'll do that next time. Mm. Uh, Epstein argues that the slogan is a little misleading, saying even though diamonds can in fact be shattered, chipped, discolored. Or incinerated to ash. The concept of eternity perfectly <laughs> captured the magical qualities that the advertising agency wanted to attribute to diamonds. I mean, they, but we said at the start that um, they are the hardest naturally occurring substance. Yeah. So,
3: you know, it makes some sense, but yeah, they're not... I uh, mean unbreakable. Uh, diamond is forever is better than a diamond is the most this the <laughs> hardest naturally occurring <laughs> substance. That is not quite as romantic. I mean that's so romantic. Oh my god, I want that on my finger for the next 45 years.
1: <laughs> like our love. <laughs> it's the hardest naturally occurring substance.
0: Black mo- um Garrity <laughs> worked on De Beers ads for a quarter of a century. So she she worked for NWA, but she was assigned to apparently back then. Copyright women copywriters at ad agencies were assigned to women products. So she yeah. got mm. she was assigned she was one of Panty two pantyhose,
1: diamonds, hair work, products. Yes,
0: and she got she got diamonds, and she did it for a
3: quarter of a century. And That'd do you get right. the idea that she was just paid like a, a small wage? She yeah. never really profited. Like, uh, I'd rather
1: be on diamonds than pantyhose or you know like pads. Pads are forever.
3: In, cricket, in brackets, cricket pads. Cricket pads in brackets. Do not use this pad forever. <laughs> <laughs> stress Honestly, yeah, that, you have to that change. would be a bad business plan for them.
1: <laughs> pads, pads forever. Are
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, Buy what, one, and done. You got it. You got this.
1: It's not. It's not good. That's Don't do not, that. That's not true.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> I couldn't think of any other women products. <laughs> Lipstick, I guess. That's boring.
0: Uh, What about a doctor's stethoscope, Jess? Women can be doctors too. (laughs) Sorry. As the feminist of the pot, I I really felt like I needed to say something. Thank
1: you. Thank you for speaking up.
0: So I lent in. (laughs) Yeah. And I spoke over you. Thank
1: you for speaking over a woman about women issues.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Was that too hard? (laughs) Uh, so she worked. She worked there for a quarter of a century. Not all of her lines have been as iconic. This, here's another part, <laughs> oh. as documented by the Times. It's just uh, <laughs> uh, the Times wrote uh, some of her early copy bordered on the heavy-handed. <laughs> here's one of her ads from uh, war times. It says, "Star of Hope. The engagement diamond on her finger is bright as a tear, but not with sadness. Like her eyes, it holds a promise." Of cool dawns together, of life grown rich and full and tranquil. Its lovely assurance shines through all the hours Is this a of fucking waiting. fucking tagline? To kindle with joy and precious meaning
3: at the beginning of their new life I to
1: hate, be. I hate that.
3: <laughs> Someone's got to start praying more. Yeah. For that that was terrible. I think you
1: need to consult with God a little yeah. more before you uh, submit this yeah.
3: bullshit. God God needs a copy editor. Gosh. <laughs> I lo- I, lo- I loved it so
0: much. It's as bright as a tear, but not, not, sadness. not a sad one. <laughs> Happy tears. In 1951, NWA wrote in in its annual strategy review, the millions of brides and brides-to-be are subjected to at least two important pressures that work against the diamond engagement ring. Among the more prosperous, there is the sophisticated urge to be different as a means of being smart. The lower income groups would like to show more of the money than they can find in the diamond they can afford. It's like, oh, so some people are showing logic. How do we overcome that? Hmm. So that to combat that, they wrote, it is essential that these pressures be met with the constant publicity to show that only the diamond is everywhere accepted and recognised as a symbol of betrothal.
3: So you'd be like, Ruby, yuck.
1: Oh, a sapphire engagement ring. What are Ooh. you, Paul?
3: Because <laughs> that's what you're saying to the world, that you're poor, And you're telling
1: your wife that she's an ugly bitch and you hate her. But yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Hey, Many, many blessings to you guys, I guess. <laughs> no, that's
0: fine, yeah. <laughs> They're, like, so full on and then also then they back off like, oh, yeah, reverse psychology, I guess, oh, if you're a loser.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you yeah,
3: want to be different in a bad way.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's um unusual.
0: <laughs> yeah, enjoy not having to manually wash your clothes anymore, <laughs> loser.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, enjoy being able to get places in your car.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah? Paying for petrol, huh?
1: Huh. Loser. Sorry, I've so, got allergies. <laughs> so they they knew that
0: their in their mind it was we've just got to bombard them. But they're saying, "Wait, idiot! Yeah, love equals diamond. There's no other way to do it." I think you've just coined the best slogan yet. Hey, love idiot. equals
3: diamond. Oh, yeah. in brackets, you're an idiot.
0: <laughs> Don't be an idiot. <laughs> Don't be dumb. diamond. Diamond equals love. <laughs> So this is exactly what they did. In the four decades from 1939, they grew their advertising budget from $200,000 a year to $10 million a oh, year.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. As
0: with uh, film decades before, they were able to utilize the invention and growing popularity of television in, uh, from the late 40s by organizing actresses and other stars to wear diamonds when they were on screen as well. According to Webstein, they also established the Diamond Information Centre that placed a stamp of quasi-authority on the flood of historical and news it released. We work hard to keep ourselves known throughout the publishing world as the source of information on diamonds. NWA commented in a memo to De Beers. So they, you know, they just set up a thing. Say and they, I mean, that happens all the time now. We're a think tank. Um, you know, our name makes it sound like we're independent, but we're just basically. Doing more marketing, but this is now legit news, though. This isn't an ad. This is a press release from a legit. Oh, it's from the Diamond Information Center. You
3: know, if you want information,
1: you come to us from the DIC. Yeah, Dick. <laughs> you come to yeah, the dick. without the K. You have to say it differently. <laughs> dick. Well, it was a production
0: car. I can't remember what. There was some eighties <laughs> or nineties.
1: Yeah, come up at the end. At the end, Dick. <laughs> oh, I don't know what D. that
0: was on. Yeah. Dick.
1: All I'm thinking of, and maybe if anybody's watching and or listening and can remember, there was an ad that used to play on commercial radio all the time and it was um, just a man's very deep voice talking about diamonds and uh, th- they had like two branches in the Melbourne CBD and it was just the weirdest ad that played all the time and now I cannot remember the name of the place. The one
0: I'm thinking of and I don't know if it'll be the same, was it what kind of ra- The one I hear a lot on sports radio. Uh, is the diamond guys or something like oh. that? Diamond blokes, basically, and they go, "Hey, you don't want to worry too much about it, but you know you gotta get one. Come in, have a beer. We'll pick the
3: right diamond for you, and it plays all the no time." No yeah. way. We know you don't give a shit about this stuff because you're but, a bloke.
1: But we know the missile will be yeah. pretty pissed if you get it yeah. wrong. I might be turning it turning up a little bit. We'll also cut your hair. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah but like a good cut. You know? We're your one-stop shop.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh, I hate that. I'm not saying that's not verbatim. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: No, that wasn't quite it. This one sounded a bit luxurious, and it was just an incredibly deep voice. It was a boring act.
3: Ooh, hello. Yeah, it was like... You'd be, you be good at it. Hello.
1: No, you'd be interesting, though. He was boring. He sounded robotic. Hi,
3: oh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come and buy a diamond from me. <laughs>
1: See, I'm going to that shop. Was that good? Oi. Oi.
3: Come and buy a diamond from... <laughs> Moon, <laughs>
1: 80,
3: actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: 184
3: Burke Street. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> be more like geek.
1: I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be in about 10. <laughs> <laughs> Love
3: you, my boys. Like, is that how you book your appointment? <laughs> the next day, 26 blokes turn up at 10 a.m. Oh, oh, This doesn't work. <laughs>
1: I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, is he only open tomorrow? <laughs> so many questions. The mystery. I must find out. So that's actually how you it's get a good in.
3: ad. You're talking about it years later. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how many diamonds have you bought since you heard that ad?
1: Oh, only one a day I mean, round it up
0: <laughs> or round it off, round
1: it down. Yeah, a million dollars worth. Okay. Wow. Easily. That's so, actually probably So, what's that? Two? <laughs> two diamonds. Unless you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> you <poor. laughs> No. Million dollars is a month's wage for me. <laughs> uh
0: so NWAs now began thinking of exploiting the marketplace's vanity. So they I mean they'd exploited all sorts of other things. They now sort of
1: created a bit of the vanity too. Yeah. And then thought, no, let's exploit that more.
0: Yes. Uh, suggesting the substantial diamond gift can be made a more widely sought symbol of personal and family success, an expression of socioeconomic achievement. He's like, what what are you guys doing okay? You haven't even got a diamond on your finger yet. Your
1: infant isn't wearing diamonds. (laughs) Are you poor?
0: (laughs) (laughs) With this in mind, they committed to, quote, promote the diamond as one material object which can reflect in a very personal way a man's success in life. Writing that these ads should have the aroma of tweed, old leather, (laughs) and polished wood, which is characteristic of a good club.
1: Wow. Diamonds go with those things too. Tweed jacket and my diamonds. Here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready for a party.
0: (laughs) (laughs) By the end of the 1950s, NWA has noted that since 1939, an entirely new generation of young people has grown to marriageable age. Yep. (laughs) To this new generation-
1: That's how it works. A
0: diamond ring is considered a necessity to engagements by virtually everyone. Mm. So, in one generation, they'd, uh, they'd fully created the idea that if you get engaged, you buy them a diamond. Wild. As Epstein noted, the message had to, had been so successfully impressed on the minds of this generation that those who could not afford to buy a diamond at the time of their marriage would defer the purchase rather than forgo it. I can't afford it, so I'll...
1: So yeah. I'll save up and we'll get married two years after we probably would have liked to.
0: Because you have to. You, you can't get married without a diamond. You can't get engaged without a diamond. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like a legal requirement, uh, right? Yeah. Oh, I assume so. It, really, I think it's still there today. I, I'm sure I haven't asked mates to get married, but I'm, I probably didn't pay enough attention. But I'm pretty sure most of them bought Diamond engagement. Yeah, for sure. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash
3: awards.
0: Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
3: This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I've got to get
0: something off my chest. Okay. I I ate- your last biscuit I was that saving has been, them For
3: my wedding
0: that has, been stress, <laughs> that has been Stressing me out I'm so sorry That feels a lot better To get that off my chest You know Keeping things bottled up Can affect people negatively And that had been Affecting me And that feel, that's a weight Off my shoulder yeah. It was delicious I'm not sorry But I did take
3: The last biscuit
1: he, That he was saving For his wedding
3: I didn't know that <laughs> dot com slash d g o today to get ten percent off your first month. That's better H E L P dot slash d g o. Having conquered America, De Beers
0: looked to other markets, uh, trying a few without too much success. But Japan was one where they had great success. As NWA uh, were primarily an American agency, De Beers engaged the J. Walter Thompson Agency to work in some of these overseas markets. According to Epstein, till the mid-1960s, Japanese parents arranged marriages for their children through trusted intermediaries. The ceremony was consummated, according to Shinto law, by the bride and groom drinking rice wine from the same wooden bowl. There was no tradition of romance, courtship, seduction, or prenuptial love in Japan, and none that required the gift of a diamond engagement ring. So the J. Walter Thompson Agency went about changing this. Oh, my God. With a big ad campaign. (laughs) So, you
3: did a campaign to change the entire culture. Yeah, yeah.
0: Epsilon writes that the campaign was remarkably successful. Until 1959, the importation of diamonds had not even been permitted by the post-war Japanese government. When the campaign began in 1967, not quite 5% of engaged Japanese women received a diamond engagement ring. By 1972, the proportion had risen to 27%. By 1978, half of all Japanese women who were married wore a diamond, and by 1981, the of Japanese brides wore diamonds. Wow. In a mere 14 years, the 1500-year Japanese tradition had been radically revised. Diamonds became a staple of the Japanese marriage. Japan became the second largest market after the United States for the sale of diamond engagement rings. 14 years. This
1: is making me hate diamonds.
0: Yeah, me too
3: a bit, and I used to love them.
1: Yeah, I used to just have <laughs> posters on my wall yeah. of diamonds. Yeah,
3: it's really embarrassing. I've got a lot of things to throw out now. Yeah,
1: yeah, in
3: the bin, into the bin.
1: My um, uh, the lock screen on my phone is just a big diamond. Yeah. Not anymore.
0: <laughs> when, as a kid, one poster of Michael Jordan, one poster of Michael J. Fox, one poster of diamond.
1: <laughs> I love diamond.
0: I love diamond. I just
1: I had four diamond posters. Oh, well, you were. I was really like not, one of those yeah. kids, you know. <laughs>
0: They created a billion dollar a year diamond market in Japan where matrimonial custom had survived feudal revolutions, world wars, industrialization, and even the American occupation. I guess that might have been where that small amount of diamond rings came from. The American soldiers were there getting married, maybe. That built up a small, but it never really broke through. And then they just bust it wide open. Wow. I think I mentioned later. I'll mention it later. (laughs) (laughs) in the 19... In the 1960s, diamond mines were found in Siberia and knowing that competing with the Soviets would lead to lower prices and sort of screw up their whole cartel thing, uh, De Beers brought the Soviets into their cartel. They made a deal with them. One problem with the Siberian diamonds was they were much smaller in size and there was no real demand for them.
2: <laughs> couple of problems.
1: <laughs> They're tiny and no one likes yeah. them. So, yeah. what do we do? The problem is they are microscopic. <laughs> also, we've asked around. Everyone says, "No thanks." No. So, what do we do? Let's okay, cry. what else is tiny? Diamond rings for rats. Okay, here
3: we go. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted to. They could do it. Yeah. They could do it. I mean,
1: <laughs> Little rats getting married. <laughs> they got uh, hey, one not on each head.
0: <laughs> Before that, rats were rarely monogamous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: for several million years, rats' tradition had survived, but no more. Within seven years, eighty percent of rats were wearing diamond rings.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And they were happier. They were happier. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's not <laughs> quite that, but it's not
0: miles away. So they're like, mm, all right, we'll figure something out. De Beers told NWA to backtrack on their biggest, uh, their bigger is better inference that they'd done the whole time so oh, far. Oh, okay. The bigger the diamond, the bigger the love.
1: Now they're like, small's fine.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, So they were to no longer lead women to equate the status and emotional commitment of an engagement with the size of the diamond. Basically going, oh, no, size doesn't matter. It's all about the cut, the colour. The the clarity. clarity. Not necessarily the carrot.
1: That's what makes it so sparkly.
0: According to Epstein, De Beers then devised the eternity ring Made up of as many as 25 tiny Soviet diamonds, oh. <laughs> which could be sold to an entirely new market of older married women. The advertising campaign was based on the theme of recaptured love. So they just started this new thing. Oh, you've been married a while and you still just got that one old engagement oh. ring? If you really want to show that your love is forever, you'll get a enough- I mean, that was forever. Yeah. yeah,
1: sure. But I mean, what's double forever?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Eternity ring.
1: Eternity ring. It's <laughs> a
0: maths equation. <laughs> yeah.
3: Two times forever equals eternity ring.
0: It's basic maths. Do you love each other oh, or not? Because I'm, I'm saying it's either eternity ring or divorce.
1: Yeah. She will leave you.
0: And so she should. And so
1: she should. <laughs> unless you give
0: her an eternity ring. The campaign was a big success. In 1939, the average diamond sold was one carat. And this dropped to 0.28 of a carat. In 1976, coincidentally, almost the exact size of the average Siberian diamond De Beers was flogging. Uh. They just changed marketing and it just changed how people were. Oh, we got to get these little diamonds now. And then they were like, Well, they were too successful, and the bigger diamonds. (laughs) So they're like, Oh, we need a new campaign. Saying, Well, big is actually better after all. So they, they were able to sort of just do what they needed. Oh, we got too much stock of these. Let's focus on those in the marketing. Um, yeah, they'd sort of uh, use these strategies over and over. They also rode the changing social attitudes as Deanne Torbett Dunning, NWI's vice president on the creative side during the late 60s, um, which coincided with what she called a full-blown women's movement, which <laughs> is a fun phrase, <laughs> <laughs> which is what I'm trying to get going as well as a feminist.
1: <laughs> I want a full-blown women's movement. What does that Let's
0: look like? Stop holding back. Uh, so she was in charge during that period. She talked to the New York Times in 2013, recalling, There was an anti establishment feeling. Whatever my mother had, I don't want. So the ads shifted to a more everyday casual approach. They said, Yes, you can get married barefoot on the beach, but don't you still want a beautiful ring? <laughs> That's oh my what the God. ads were <laughs> Hey, yeah. Definitely.
1: Totally, women's rights. Women's hey? rights yes. Yeah. Women are equal and you're awesome and you don't need a man but you do need a ring. Yeah. <laughs> you still need a you ring. You still need a ring. Yeah. And you probably do still need a man and actually a man yes. to get you that ring. <laughs> yes. By the
0: 1980s, NWA has introduced a series of ads upping the arbitrary recommended spend on an engagement ring with the ad copy rhetorically asking, "Isn't two months salary a small price to pay for something that lasts forever?" A BBC article listed yes. <laughs> another couple of their ads pushing for the two months of salary idea. So, there was lots of these ads. They, I mean, their ad budget's so big. Wow. There were heaps of variations of this. A couple of the other ones the BBC listed. Uh, one featured a, a pouting woman, a scarf, a finger, a diamond ring, and the words, Two months' salary showed the future, Mrs. Smith, what the future would be like.
1: This is like Poor. Putting you, it in you'll be struggling because <laughs> yeah, I've no. spent all our money on this ring.
3: Well, th- this was misleading. I thought my husband would spend two months' salary on everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all six things.
1: Yeah. This bread only cost ten cents. <laughs> what the hell? I, I want expensive bread. Or a pool full of bread. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah.
0: Bread pool. Bread Another pool. did away with the woman, the pout and the finger, leaving only a diamond ring against a black background and the question... How can you make two months' salary last forever? Gambling.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Put, it all, Put it all on red. Many times. Yes. And win. Yeah. Many, many times. You know
0: what is one of the red suits? What? Diamond.
1: <gasps> What's the other one?
0: It goes all the way to the
3: top. Heart. Heart.
2: <gasps> Love.
3: Love. Heart plus diamond equals. Forever. Eternity ring. Eternity
2: ring. <laughs> <laughs> get the ring. Get the <laughs> <get there, laughs> <get there, laughs> ring. ring.
3: Get a ring, you
0: rat. <laughs> Get that, a ring. It, it was a much more a hard, full-on campaign for the rats. Yeah. No, wear a ring, you dirty rat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You want to be a good rat? You'll wear rings. You'll
0: wear Only, wearing, only do dirty rats, rats. <laughs> <We're> wear rings. <laughs> uh, making the diamond ring an essential part of getting married and dictating how much a man should pay. Make it one of the most successful bits of marketing ever undertaken, says Dr. T.C. Mellawar, professor of marketing strategy at Middlesex University, saying, They invented a tradition which captured some latent desire to mark this celebration of love, he says. Once the tradition had been created, they could put a price on it, such as a month or two's salary. And men, says Mellawar, Melaware would pay whatever was expected because it was a highly emotive purchase totally worked i'm sure sh- i've heard pe- i knew this is a rule of thumb yeah two months out I'd- i never thought i mean whose vested interest would have come up with this i never even thought about it's like think- this is just what's done yeah i'm sure the men just talks amongst themselves and worked it out <laughs> this is what's fair yeah. <laughs> i mean do you love her
1: <laughs> do you
0: come in have a beer <laughs> Do you love it? We'll help you find the right thing, <laughs> mate. The idea of having given them a beer is I was like, Oh yeah, this is a great relaxed environment. Well they'll sort of lower my inhibitions and then sell me a real expensive thing. Uh
3: that beer costs six thousand dollars. <laughs>
1: I don't even have a girlfriend. (laughs) I was just lonely. I just wanted a beer. (laughs) All the pubs were closed. (laughs) According
0: to Ira Weissman writing for the Huffington Post, spending a month or two's salary on something so impractical at the exact same time (laughs) you were beginning your new life together as a budding family is a very poor financial decision. I'm not only a very experienced diamond dealer, I'm also a father of six married for 13 years. The expenses only grow with time; they don't get easier. <laughs> Believe me. Five years later, you'll be wishing you had a spare five grand li- lying around. <laughs> Damn right. Oh
1: my god. He wrote god. this sort of
0: listicle for the Huffington Post, and at the end, he goes, "Let's get this viral. Let's spread the word.
1: Let's get this viral."
0: A bit Love needy.
1: that. Yeah. A bit needy, <laughs> Let it happen. Don't ask <laughs> for
3: it. Written by a true dad. <laughs> Doesn't really know what it means. Let's get this viral. Father. Like of, I didn't even read. Father of six. Quick question. Do you know what's causing it? (laughs) Well, he bought a great ring, and
0: you know, (laughs) yeah, love. But he he (laughs) he works in the diamond industry as well, and has his whole life, I think, basically. And now he's sort of dedicated it to sort of debunking the diamond myth. Their ad campaigns are seen as some of the most successful of of all time, but they didn't always work. In the 1980s, they tried a campaign to get women to buy diamonds for men. Makes sense; it would have doubled their potential market. Uh, But it seems this one failed. One magazine ad is headlined. She has a mind of her own. She gave me a diamond. Oh. <laughs> then says in the body, last year, she took me to a great little restaurant for my birthday on an island I'd never even heard of. <laughs> what? <laughs> Very relatable stuff early. <laughs> this year, she gave me something even more unexpected. A diamond. A man's diamond. <laughs> it finished with, with the catchy sli- slogan, diamonds. From a woman to a man. I love that so much.
3: <laughs> really, I mean, I can't to, believe it didn't work. Yeah. I think I'd prefer to go to an island I've never heard of for dinner. That's amazing. Well,
0: yeah. that's pretty surprising. <laughs> but the next year, a man's diamond.
1: <laughs> what what makes it a man's diamond, <laughs> do you think? Chunkier. I guess it,
0: she just like gave watches. It them. It came in a black box. Yeah. I bought some soap uh, recently. It was for men and it was black. <laughs>
2: Black,
1: black soap. soap.
0: Man soap. <laughs> I thought it was funny.
1: And imagine then I if, it. But imagine if it had been like pink or something. You couldn't use it. No. Nah. Couldn't use it. I was it. sick
0: of using pink soap. That's
1: lady soap. <laughs> I need black soap.
0: That's why I never drink strawberry Big M's. Yeah. I only drink black <laughs> Big M's. <laughs> The the black milk milk is all I drink.
3: Are you drinking oil? (laughs) Oil, yeah. (laughs) Man milk. Yeah. If you can get an engine going.
0: Dave, here's something you might not know milk comes from a woman cow. (laughs) But oil Do you drink woman cow milk, Dave? (laughs) Oil comes from a man engine. Man engine. It comes from my man's engine. Monster truck. I only drink monster truck oil. (laughs) <laughs> uh the, as long as it's marketed in a black mm. black bottle. Uh part of the ge- it's not too long to go here. Uh part of the <laughs> genius of the diamond is forever campaign is that the recipients of them are unlikely to ever try to sell them. They are instead worn or locked away safe as an heirloom. Because they're like, these are. this was a symbol of love. I've got to yeah. keep this forever. Also, it's a diamond, so it's worth a lot of money, I assume. Yeah. Because it costs a lot of money. Yeah. So, that means it's worth a so lot of money.
1: So, reselling, it would only be more, probably. This is an investment.
0: Yes. The diamond industry doesn't want people out there reselling their diamonds, though. So, they build this sentimental value into them. As Yuri Friedman wrote for The Atlantic, a diamond that's forever promises Endless romance and companionship. But a forever diamond is also one that's not resold. Resold diamonds cause fluctuations in diamond prices, which undermine public confidence in the intrinsic value of diamonds, which doesn't exist. Diamonds that are stowed away in safe deposit boxes or bequeathed to grandchildren don't. <laughs> what? Epstein... Documents many stories of people unsuccessfully trying to resell their diamonds. Though, uh, the best it seems you can expect is to resell them for a loss. They're very hard to resell. Wow. Normal everyday diamond engagement rings and stuff, even expensive. He tells the story of a woman who bought a hundred thousand dollar one and then went back to um, sell it back to Tiffany's a couple of, couple of years later, ten years later, assuming it probably went up in value, and she wanted to do something else with, it. and they're like, oh, "I'm sorry, we don't, we don't re." buy the diamonds but it's definitely worth a lot go oh, sell it uh yeah. this other place we can recommend she went there and they're like ah uh, we don't yeah we don't want to buy it um we could try and sell it for you and and uh give you a percentage of what we sell it for but she just couldn't get rid of it so she ended up just keeping it wow they're very hard to sell and they it goes through a bunch of different examples where. People bought them as investments and then tried to sell them in the year, two years, ten years later, and could not sell it for a profit. There are exceptions, of course, as Epstein explains. While those who attempt to sell diamonds often experience disappointment at the low price they're offered, stories in gossip columns suggest that diamonds are resold at enormous profits. This is because the column items are not about the typical diamond ring, but about truly extraordinary diamonds. So there are still these wild diamonds that are very uh, rare You know, the huge ones that are worth millions initially, they might grow in value. But these stories that are are linked to the press by the Diamond Institute or whatever they were called, they make it seem like all diamonds. That's what happens to all diamonds. Basically, ones that are in museums or in the hands of multimillionaires. The Rocks Plebs Like Us Buy, their value has been invented purely by smart marketing. In 1982, Epstein wrote, it is conservatively estimated that the public holds more than 50 times the number of gem diamonds produced by the diamond cartel in any given year. Because, you know, everyone, people hold on to them. Yeah. So so there's so many diamonds. They keep getting put in because, for the most part, they don't get destroyed or anything. There's just more and more diamonds out there. And they're controlling uh, what's available at the back end, but they're not controlling what the public holds, which is way more than they would normally produce in a year. What did you say? And this is in the 80s wow it's that many more so he basically goes on to say that obviously they don't want if if the public started selling them the whole system would come crashing down because they would first find that they can't sell for as much as they bought them for and secondly they'd be then competing with the new diamond sellers so the whole the bottom would fall out of the market everyone would basically realize that um, they're worthless they're worthless yeah so the whole thing is is Bonkers, basically. De Beers created this illusion of value, and they need the illusion of value to be maintained. Otherwise, average people start selling their diamonds, which they'd struggle to do, which will make the price of diamonds plummet, confirming that the value of their diamonds was an illusion. Basically, I think that's kind of right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, diamonds are still a thing. (laughs) Really? I'm (laughs) I'm starting to wrap up here. It's pretty... (laughs) pretty smooth. And it looks like new markets are still being found. According to Friedman's 2015 article, the social transformation that took place in Japan in the 70s may be repeating itself today in China, where according to a recent Citigroup report, which relies on De Beer's data, more than 30% of Chinese brides now receive diamond engagement rings. The practice barely existed in the country in the 90s. Now it's up to 30%.
3: And they have like the biggest population, so you want them on board. That would be obviously huge.
0: Uh, The same article shows the growth in the USA, which went from 10% to 80% in the 50 years from 1940, basically when they started really ramping up the marketing. 10% 10% to 80%. And in Japan, from 5% up to 60 I said, back then. But n- up to 95%, it, it kept increasing to 77%. So, it's up basically to the same sort of proportion as the states. Wow. Friedman concludes his article saying... De Beers is still a major player in the diamond industry, though it's not as dominant as it once was. And NWA ceased operations in 2002. But the diamond invention lives on. That's be- that's the end of my report. I had one fun fact to offer you, Jess, well, to see, you know. I'll I- decide. Pending fun status. So
1: just say a fact. Okay. <laughs> You've got a fact. Here's
0: a fact. According to the Times, the line, a diamond is forever, has appeared in every De Beers engagement ad since 1948. In 1999, two weeks before Mr... Ms- Garrity, who came up with the line, died at the age of 83. Advertising Age named it the slogan of the century.
3: That's all right. <laughs> that's fun. That is slogan fun. of the
0: century. I would have thought it'd be just do it. Oh yeah, that's good. I can't. I can't, I was trying to think of a dumb one. I can't even think of one. Roof, roof. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's good. Surely the best one ever is, <laughs> see <you> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Come in, have a beer. <laughs> Buy diamond. We're blokes. We
0: love diamonds like you. We're just average fellas. Bring your wallet. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it. That's actually a pretty good slogan. Don't forget your wallet.
3: Because <laughs> yeah, this is going to cost you a shitload. <laughs>
1: Honestly, we'll be so mad if you do not... Pay a lot of money. Blues, blues, blues. We need
0: this anyway. Thank you, Paul Stewart, for that suggestion. Thank um, you, Paul. I was yeah. I found it so fascinating, and then but as I went through it, I'm like, is this too dry? I wasn't sure, but anyway, it's a bit, it's a bit of a different report to what we normally yeah, do. Yeah, it's cool. It's more like oh, the in the vein of an old report I did about why do boys wear blue and girls wear pink, and the simile, it was the answer was basically marketing made yeah. it up.
1: Yeah, it's made up, and we're all sheep.
0: Yeah. Well, that brings us to everyone's favorite section of the show, the fact, quote, or question section, which is where one of our fantastic Patreons gets to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, basically just enhancing our brains and our hearts Mm. and our minds. It's different from brain. Yeah. Somehow. Souls.
3: Absolutely. And uh, does it not have a little theme song? I think it does.
1: How does it go again? Fact, quote, or question.
0: Ding. never forgets the ding. So the way you can get involved in this, you go to patreon.com slash pod and you sign up on the Sydney Schoenberg Deluxe Memorial Edition. Rest in peace. Please. Thank you very much. Level. And you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. We go through about four mm-hmm. each episode. And, uh, you know, some are facts. You know what they are. Some are quotes. You know what they are. And some are questions. And you know what they are. And Jess, you're running it this week because um, I don't have my computer.
1: But I do. And have hopefully Matt's you. <laughs> I have Matt's computer and I'm holding it ransom till he pays me that five bucks he owes me. Hopefully,
0: like me, you haven't read these before you read them. Absolutely not, no. As is tradition. I don't
1: know how to read, so this is going to be a challenge, but I'm going to do my best.
0: This was a tradition uh, first marketed by the NWA's Ayers Incorporations.
1: Ayers. <laughs> Ah uh, yeah. Um, okay, so our first fact quota question comes from Gary J from the UK. Ah, uh, Gary J
3: from the UK. Hi, Gary. I hope
1: Hi, it's Gary. Bradman related. And his uh, title that he's given himself is the happiest person alive. Oh. In brackets, if Matt came through on this on his promise to do the Don, <laughs> Don report.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> I should, I probably went early with that promise. I have written half a report, which is the length of. Almost, oh, not quite the length of today's report and I'm about halfway through his life. I you will do, do it. It's, yeah, I've got to, either I just, it is a, a long episode or I've got to uh, do some condensing.
1: I vote condensing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary has asked us a question. His question is, seeing as this podcast and Mini Network is a big, massive success and don't be so modest it is, uh, okay? <laughs> what opportunities has it given to you because of it that you wouldn't have had the chance to do otherwise?
3: Oh, I suppose number one is the the live shows that we do yes. or have done, the tours. We've been on three overseas trips together. Yes. I did not see that coming when we started
1: this. No, definitely not. I had no idea what this would do, you know? Like I was like, eh, okay, I'll go do a podcast, not knowing what a podcast really was. With these
3: weirdos.
0: <laughs> I think when I started the, the main hope, I mean, it was just the main hope was that it would be fun, and if there was any sort of other benefit, it would be that it would um, help make people aware of our stand-up.
3: Yeah, it was basically t- to use this as a side thing to promote our main thing, which is our other comedy projects.
1: Yeah, which I don't really do anymore. And this became this the main is the thing. main thing. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I think
0: that definitely Gaddy G. My main thing, same as Dave, is the the overseas travel. Yeah. Uh, I I never would have done a Thailand podcast festival if it wasn't for being involved in this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure.
1: That's right. And, yeah, I I mean I I can't think of things. I'm sure there are other things that sort of not so directly come out of it. Maybe it's just raising your profile for want of a better word. You know, people know you so they get you to come and do stand-up on something. I don't know. But directly it would, yeah, definitely be travelling.
3: I mean, I get a couple more likes on my Instagram photos. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes, Instagram followers is the big one. Yep. I um, mean, we wouldn't
0: have our faces on uh, t-shirts. That's
1: right. Yeah. Probably.
0: Yeah. Probably wouldn't have made those t-shirts. Yeah, we'd probably wouldn't have made those do t-shirts that Jess is sitting next to <laughs> if it wasn't for the do podcast.
1: There's so many, and I can't do anything with them at the moment. But one day, <laughs> um. So yeah, I hope that answers your question, Gareth. The next one is Nick Brennan. Uh, and on your neck, Nick has given himself the title of Actions and Repercussions Advisor.
3: Oh,
0: I wonder what that means, but I love it. Love some, it. Some
3: sort of drum drummer.
1: That's percussion. Oh,
0: pardon me. Well, if you hit a, if you do percussion more than once, it's
3: repercussion.
1: That is true. So yes, okay. So he's a drummer. He's our drummer. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and our action figure.
4: Yeah. Mm, yeah, love Fantastic. that.
3: Action Great. figure model. We'll use his body, our faces. I assume his is better than all of <laughs> yeah, ours, definitely. probably.
1: Easily. Um, and Nick has given us a fact. I love a fact. The fact is po- pogonophobia, pogonophobia is the fear of beards. <gasps>
0: Luckily, I've recently turned mine into a mustache.
1: Oh, thank goodness. thank God,
0: Dave. Though I oh, know I'm terrifying. you still give people the jibbies.
1: He's a bit of a dig, though. He says you probably know your fair share of men, <clears throat> Matt, who sports <laughs> some sort of facial hair. Um, Dave, I'm sorry? noticeably excu- oh. excluded there.
0: Ouchies!
1: Ouchie, mama! <laughs> <laughs> That's a comment isn't
3: that me? is a hot tamale. <laughs> <laughs> This comment certainly has repercussions. <laughs> yeah. It's upsetting me.
1: If you suffer from Pogonophobia, pergono- the fear of beards, then you'd rather avoid them. And it turns out this fear could be justified. A 2018 study published in the Journal of European Radiology suggests that beards contain significantly higher amounts of bacteria than dogs do.
3: Oh, cop it, Matt. Cop
0: it. Well, I've also, I mean, I've read studies that say beards uh, work as a filtration system for the air you breathe as well. So,
3: right. But, so, uh, you know
0: those bacteria in the beards? That's what non bearded people breathe into their lungs. Oh my God. I'm extrapolating there.
3: <laughs> Can I ask you one question, Matt? What does your beard smell like? Wet dog? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Busted. (laughs) I've got a little orphan Annie. uh, Has has hidden my beard behind a pot plant. And uh, (laughs) your Mr. Wallbox has busted me. (laughs) With that fancy shirt, you look like a real Mr. Wallbox type. Daddy (laughs) Wallbox. Thank you. I think is what he's actually known as, isn't he? Yeah. Daddy Wallbox. Type. (laughs) What? I'm hoping one of or both of you have seen the movie. Annie. I haven't, no.
1: No,
3: I'm not <laughs> getting any of this. <laughs> oh, no. My, the only <laughs> reference I have is you saying, why do I smell why do wet doll?" <laughs> which
1: movie do you like? The recent remake?
0: I haven't seen the recent remake. Oh, okay. I've only seen the 80s or 90s one. Right, okay. But I, is it? which I don't know if, if that's the original or what. It's set in oh, the yeah. olden days, so I'm assuming it's probably a remake.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's been a musical for a long time. Right. I don't know. Anyway, thank you very much to Nick.
0: Jay Z uh, sampled it in one of his early hits. Oh hard yeah, hard life. Wet dog. <laughs> wet dog. I mean, Why if he was it smart, smell
1: like wet dog.
0: <laughs> He's gone on to a pretty big career, but that career would have been even bigger <laughs> if he sampled Daddy Walbuck saying, <laughs> "Why do I smell wet?" dog
3: <laughs> i've am remembering that right so you only know that from me that's the only thing i get from from it's your reference that's and funny sometimes it just gets into my head yeah it so gets I, in my head as well i just think it what your impression dog? of that
1: um moving on to our next fact quote or question I is sam cash
3: Ah,
0: oh, sam cash
1: Thank Sam you, Sam Cash. Cha-ching. Sam Cash has given themselves the title of special agent in charge of cryptozoological investigations. Oh,
3: great! Important job.
1: Very important job. We're
0: very, yeah, we're fascinated with cryptozoology here. We've of course uh, Lizardman of Skeapore Swamp, butter and beans. what you got to remember is the Lizardman loves butter beans. <laughs> so that's 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 the Skeapore Swamp general store man trying to go for the De Beers mm. sort of level marketing. <laughs>
3: Well, it's worked on me because I last week at the shops there was Butter Beans on special. I nearly took a photo and sent it to you, man. It's it's locked Butter Beans away for me as well. It made me think about it. Butter
1: Beans. Um, Sam has given us a quote. Uh, This is the quote. It says, We are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will. To strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Tennyson. Yes.
0: Okay, Jess, could you now say those words in order?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, the fun game here is I'm jumbling those words. Uh,
3: Famously, that line has been used by two people, one of which was M in Skyfall. Yes. Ah. The other one was Greg Hunt, our health minister, who once said it at a press conference, fantastic line, he said, to strive and seek and yet not to shine. I thank you, and he stepped off the stage and absolutely face planted. Really, it is the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Oh, so he he thought he he nailed this great poignant moment. I think it was like World Nursing Day or something. And he was like, oh. "I thank you."
1: Well, boom! Bang. <laughs> it's the funniest. And thing And ironically, ever. he needed nurses. Yeah, he needed their attention, medical attention. Yeah, oh, I like. Yeah, I've heard that. Last part, and I'm probably thinking of M from Skyfall.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a montage. She's uh, up in court defending.
1: Does she do the whole thing, or just?
3: Yes, she says, uh, "I didn't care much for Tennyson, but my late husband did." Yeah, she raised it out. That's
1: right. To strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Yeah, I remember that part. <laughs>
3: and then, I thank you, faceplant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she also did it. Um, but obviously, Judy Dedge did it in a beautiful way. I'll try, Very
3: elegant. I'll try and remember to share it in the Patreon group. I
0: mean, Greg Hunt was obviously just following how it was written initially by Tennyson. It <laughs> yeah. does it does have asterisks, faceplant asterisk. Face
1: asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's just a purist. Finally, for Fact a question today uh, is... Main Gallagher, M A E N. It's got to be. Is it? It's got to be an Irish name. Yeah, Mayen. Mayan. I. I mean, I'm assuming. I could definitely be wrong. I'm getting
3: this very wrong. Okay, enough. I've
1: googled it, and what's come up for me is Main Watches. So I don't think that's you. But unless you've got a watch chain, good for you. Um, Main's uh title is theme hospital administrator and roller coaster tycoon. So Whoa, that's cool. Into some. Uh- Oh, wow. Old school video games. Love that. And they've also given us a quote. The quote is, outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Groucho? Yes. I remember seeing that on a, um, on a bookmark as a kid and going, that's funny. It is very funny. <laughs> and my friends didn't get it. And I was like, am I a genius? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that was later confirmed to be true.
1: Yeah, I am actually... A genius. So. Now, Matt,
3: do we need to explain that one? Like we explained the Tennyson. <laughs> well, I, I just, it uh, just gave me a thought. Should we go through enter scores?
0: Uh, lowest the highest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mine's lowest. <laughs> no,
0: we de- we definitely don't need to.
1: <laughs> don't. I did not do it was well. We,
0: re- we only realised that, and I I would have guessed it in the opposite order. I think, and it shows it doesn't mean anything, obviously. But it was on a Josh Earle podcast, wasn't it?
3: Was it? Yes, uh, it was uh, the live stream we did with Geraldine Hickey because she got 49 and then told her dad it was out of 50 and he took her out for (laughs) for dinner to celebrate. (laughs) Such a great story. It's out of 100.
1: I don't remember us revealing what we got. I think... I think but we did. I trust you. I don't remember anything. You know this. I can't.
0: Yeah, I just remember being but surprised. You, so that... you're saying
1: you got the best. Matt's was the highest. Well, you know. Because did Dave, did, like me, did you do art subjects? All art. Yeah, so we were always destined to do badly. But
0: well, unless did you did well in them, then you'd still go. Even
1: then, the grading was weird. I, d- I never fully understood if you it. got
0: If you got full marks in all of them, you sort of of gone pretty well, but they do get downgraded. So obviously you did ordinary and easy subjects, and that's fine. no.
1: No, no, no. I did. I mean,
0: we'll see where you end up in life, but I have a funny (laughs) feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where will you be in 12 to 15 years? I have a funny feeling uh, that I'm going to be a little further ahead of you in life. (laughs) I'll have you know,
1: Matt, I did very, very well in one subject. And... Quite poorly in all the others. I bet it was
3: drama, wasn't it? Yes, it was.
1: Perfect score. Thank you so much.
3: That's sick. Well done.
1: That's why I got to go and audition for top class. I got a perfect score in my drama solo. Oh,
3: that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and then I fucked that audition. But you didn't get top class? I think English was was my
0: top score. And I've continued to speak it ever since.
1: (laughs) Sorry to (laughs) brag. Not super
0: well, but
3: (laughs) dropped the others.
1: I I dropped all my other languages.
3: Why bother with the stuff you're not good at?
1: Um, I, w-
0: I wish I did what you guys did and did uh, subjects that I cared about. I did all business and politics and, um, you know, smart people. Yeah, stuff. but now you're
3: a, you're a large business owner and a politician. I'm a political scientist. I wish
1: I didn't do maths. <laughs> Everyone was like, you know, it's just an important one to have. Most courses need you to have it. Not any of the courses I applied that for. Is,
3: I'm in the exact same boat as you. Same. No I would have, have dropped oh, that and That's...
1: done like... Um, PE or biology or oh, something. Oh, I don't like photography or stuff- something? Yeah, I did photography. It was sick. Anyway. Damn it. Yeah. I mean,
0: no regrets. But um, also,
1: people told me at the time that the number doesn't really matter and that, you know, once you get into uni courses or you don't or whatever, it's you never think about it again. Doesn't matter. I did not listen. And then six months after you finish your 12, you're like, what was my score again? You have <laughs> yeah. no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter all. so
0: quickly. Yeah, in terms of money and all that sort of stuff. My friends that have done the best in, you know, how have you ranked doing the best, but in business and whatever, they were the guys who didn't do particularly well at school. My
1: brother failed woodwork and he's a carpenter. (laughs) He failed woodwork. He's a very good carpenter.
0: Yeah, it's just school's not, It's yeah, it's like a (laughs) set up for a certain
3: kind of mind. Yeah, I failed religious studies and now I'm a cult leader. (laughs) Yeah, so so
1: take that. Create my own religion.
3: Study that. (laughs) Devology. Yeah. Peace out. It is a bit (laughs) weird
1: that you sort of like you're 17, 18, and you're just finishing school, and you have to decide what your future is going to be. And it's like that makes no sense. But anyway, we've we've done our factoid question, which of course brings us to everybody's favourite part of the episode, where we. Shout out to some of our beautiful Patreons who support us over at patreon.com forward slash do go on pod.
0: Before we do that, can I quickly just thank uh, one of our great Patreon supporters who got in contact? Remember Paul Jackby? That's a typo. It's Paul Jacob. <laughs> There's a K instead of an O. He messaged, um, going, Hey, just double checking, <laughs> was that me? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, yeah, I think he, he misspelled his own name, yeah, so I, right. it's on him.
1: Yeah, um, but thank you to Paul. Uh, we hope you still enjoyed your shout-out last week, even though you, the whole time you are going, Is it me? Mean,
2: me? Is it
3: someone from the same town as me with nearly the same name as me, but not quite? <laughs> That's crazy. That's possible. It was you. But uh, as well as uh, getting a shout-out and uh, the Fact Quetta Question Club, you can also sign up to a level where you get uh, three bonus episodes a month now. We are about to record our third for this month. We've already put out a bonus report. Yep. We did a, a quiz. quiz that we played along with and you can um, – we, we all played the quiz and you can play along this month. And also uh, our episode of Phrasing the Bar mm. is coming out in a, a few days' time and we're talking about the film School Ties with a young Matt Damon, young Chris O'Donnell, Chris O'Donnell, young Ben Affleck and, of course, a young Brendan
1: Fraser. Mm. He, I mean, like, he's good-looking in this. But just the other night, I was watching The Mummy. So we're jumping forward quite a few years. And it's like,
2: God, damn it, he's so hot. He
3: only got hotter.
2: He not got his
3: value.
1: hotter. Not absolutely not his value. He's funny. He's a good actor. He is a good actor. Fuck, he's Big hot, heart. though. Hey, he's really hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Inside and out.
1: Inside and out. He's got warm insides.
0: I don't find assholes attractive. Yes. That's just me.
1: Absolutely not. I don't like bad boys. I like good boys.
0: (laughs) Like Brendan Fraser.
1: That's just me. He's a good boy. Um, And so usually when we do these shout-outs, we like to play a bit of a game as well. Um, But I'm struggling a little bit to come up with one. What about
3: instead of diamond, what we would get them now, we know the truth about diamonds. If we're asking
1: them to marry us. yeah. What
3: sort of ring, what sort of crystal, what sort of treasure?
1: Okay, yeah, love that.
3: Do you mind if I kick her off?
1: Please. Don't actually kick anyone. Okay. Did you... Cause no. Because you just said, can I kick her off? Are you kicking a woman off a, a boat or something?
3: Kicking you off this podcast? Uh, kicking. Kick, <laughs> he, he, he I was, do mind. He <laughs> was looking at me. Can I kick her off?
1: No. Can and I, I k- said,
3: no, kick, no. Kick it off. Is
1: that okay. No, I'm a human being. you man. calling me <laughs> and I, I work hard at this podcast. I know I'm not as good as you guys, but I really do try.
0: <laughs> okay, she's fishing.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's the other one. You kicked me off this boat. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'd love to first thank, from Princeton in New Jersey, is that where Princeton University is in New Jersey? Well, that was a big plot line in the Brendan Fraser film, School yes, Ties. Yes, that's right. I'm like, where do I know that from recently? <laughs> um, so from Princeton, New Jersey, Which I'd love I to did? thank Lisa Ballard.
1: Lisa Ballard. Thanks, I would Lisa. get Lisa. Little mini Bell.
3: Oh, you're made ding-a-ling. of gold. Oh, gold uh, bell. That's, you could call her the my dingling, That's quite nice. So it's yeah. a little
1: gold r- ring mm. with, that has a, a little bell on it. But boy, so bur- it makes a mighty birds sound.
2: can get away when she's around.
1: Not to be
3: confused with a cow's bell.
1: And no, 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 it's not a cow's bell. It's very—it's a beautiful, dainty sound. But also, I can hear her coming. So yeah. no more surprises because she's very sneaky and quiet,
0: Lisa. Oh, Lisa, so sneaky. So
1: sneaky and quiet. How'd she do it? How do you
0: do it, Lisa, anyway? No longer.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, just for uh, the fact check here, Princeton is a town in New Jersey known for the Ivy League, Princeton University. Oh, I, didn- there you go. I had
1: no idea where Princeton was.
3: Well, I wonder if Lisa, oh, I mean,
0: either a resident or maybe maybe studying there. Oh, wow. Perhaps. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, thank you, Lisa. Enjoy your little bell.
1: Sorry about that.
0: I'd love to also thank from <laughs> Westminster in California in the United States, Elizabeth Salgado.
1: Elizabeth Salgado. I
0: think
3: that she has a bucket full of gold coins.
0: Oh, oh
1: that's good. Like
0: real gold or like, like ones and twos from Australia?
3: No, Still, a like,
1: bucket's a lot. Hey? No, like proper
3: pirate treasure stuff. Pirate style, gold. But in a bucket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sort yeah. of modernize it a little yeah. bit.
1: Yeah, because we don't have we don't use chests yeah, for knows, anything, they or boxes don't chest anymore. Just
3: use a bucket. Yeah. Well, she's gone down
0: to the beach. She's yep.
1: collected
0: she, some coins. She was going to make she was going to make a sandcastle. Yeah, it's a sand
3: bucket full of gold coins. Wow. Will you be my partner?
0: <laughs> well, there's, there's the famous line from the Peep Temple song "Carol," where it goes, <laughs> <laughs> oh, "I don't want to be a fucking Christmas ham." Uh, yeah, that's one of the great lines. I know it just says, uh, "Well, it's been on my brain, Carol. Fuck it. You're my Spain. I'm your bucket.
3: <laughs> That's
1: beautiful. Yeah. It's a great. I
3: really, really love that song. It's a great song. Carol. <laughs> Carol. <laughs> I don't think Trevor, Trevor is good, good for, for you. you.
0: I don't think Trevor is good for you. Carol. I don't, I ain't no fucking Christmas ham. <laughs> I just want you to love me like I love you, Carol.
1: I don't know this song. Or is this one that you played for me on tour, maybe? Yeah, we definitely want to blast it.
0: Got, the... got a bit of Triple J playing the day.
1: We're about five
0: years old, The 90s? Old. <laughs> we blast on I know them. you don't like guitars and drums anymore at your little station, but yes, it was one of the last guitar songs played on Triple J. <laughs> Mm. Yes, I'm an old man. Yes. Uh, can I
3: thank a couple of peeps? Um, any
0: chance of some real instruments? I'd like to thank one more if that's okay,
3: Dave. Oh, we're doing three each now, aren't we? Hey, sorry about that. Finally. <laughs> hey, another
1: Matt, hey. I'm sorry on behalf of Dave. Yeah, can no, you accept I, that apology, please? I accept Jess's
0: apology. Fuck. <laughs> but I no longer talk to Dave. <laughs> Fair uh, and I'm, f- I'm finishing <laughs> off my thanks with another United States citizen, I assume, from Forney in Texas. I'd love to thank KJ Fairbrother.
1: Oh, KJ, KJ Fairbrother. Fairbrother is a good name, KJ. Um, and KJ, I reckon, has... You uh, can
0: call me K and you can call me Jay.
1: Um, For some reason, KJ, all I could think of was...
0: KJ Choi, the golfer. So you think golf balls?
1: Yep.
3: Yeah, diamond encrusted golf balls.
1: Yes. Still
0: diamond, Still but diamond. different. Still also, diamond. Diamond. what I was say. You got to yes. do
3: something with those little shitty ones from Siberia that no one cares about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. put them on a golf
0: ball. Yeah. Got uh, yeah. So it gives it great grip and spin.
3: <laughs> oh, Yeah, you put that in a sand trap. Don't worry about it. You grip it out of there. <laughs> it'll just grip all. The, yeah. It'll grip right out. <laughs> <laughs> it will roll, roll down and then roll back up <laughs> yeah. onto the green into the hole. Yeah, You ball. play
0: mini golf. Uh, you know, you can you play it in your in your bedroom. <laughs> it'll roll right up the wall onto the ceiling. <laughs> Somehow to go yeah. into the hole in the ceiling. Yeah, no. And you will not see that ball again. No, it's gone. <laughs> it's uh it's rolling away. It's grippy. It just keeps going. It keeps gripping.
3: They <laughs> call it the gripper. They call it the
0: gripper. So congratulations, KJ, <laughs> on <laughs> your gold uh, no, your diamond encrusted golf ball.
3: Wow. One ball? Or yeah, a one. Yeah, bucket one. of balls. No, Jesus. What are you? What, what am I, a millionaire? Are you crazy?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah.
3: Probably, but not that. modern multi-millionaire.
0: Yeah, and this in this
3: sort of world of
0: we're making of make believe, I would have <laughs> thought you could probably not be a tighter. You <laughs> <just> gave, <laughs> gave a bucket <laughs> of treasure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, can I thank some peeps now? Please, I would like to thank uh, from Braddon in the Australian Capital Territory, Luke Robinson.
1: He's to you, Mister Robinson. <laughs> Lucan. Okay, what about we get
3: him? Yeah. Uh, that song was famously covered by the Lemonheads. Oh, yeah. We get him a lemon. And you're like, oh, it's just a lemon. What? It's solid gold. <laughs> solid gold lemon.
0: Solid gold lemon. Oh, I bought a lemon. Made of gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gotcha, Luke. Pranked
3: you. Will you be my husband?
0: Oh, but I just made pancakes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just asked you to go to the shop and get lemons. I did, well, technically I did. Well, one.
1: We needed at least three lemons for the crepes I've well, made. I can't
3: afford, th- I've been through this. I'm not a multi-millionaire. <laughs> I've just proposed to seven people. <laughs> On your look, enjoy the lemon, mate. That's for you. The, the Lemonheads. Break <laughs> you. <laughs> famously covered by the Lemonheads.
0: <laughs> saw the Lemonheads play at the corner. I've seen them a couple of times. They played at Meredith as well. Oh, great. I, feel, I, feel I mean, like it's like- Evan Dando and band these days, I believe, and has been for a while, but.
3: I get a feeling that'd be a great live show though. Yeah. He played
0: uh played everything at Meredith. I think my favourite track of theirs, Remind Me. What are the big ones? Uh Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> they, I think they probably I don't know if they played that, but they play they definitely played outdoor type. But my favourite one, absolute banger, can't put my finger on it right now.
1: But it's your favorite.
0: <laughs> favourite <laughs> Lemonhead song.
3: It's a great tune. Anyway, Dave, you look that up while well, I thank from San Jose in California, a, <laughs> Sarah Polini, Sarah Polini, Sarah Polini, po po Polini. You
1: um, got a w- w- pony?
3: Oh yes, nice one, made of gold. Whoa! What? Did we kill the pony by covering it in gold?
1: Okay, no, it's just a it's just a pony.
3: Like in that, one of the early scenes in Goldfinger, where they uh, kill oh, a woman yeah. by painting her in gold.
1: Yeah, that was bad. Ooh, just dear. a pony, just a pony. Okay, but maybe it's got like
3: a gold saddle.
1: Yes, but, like lightweight, lightweight, just a gold coated.
0: Yep, lightweight. You mean in case in it's running in a handicap? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't have to get a tiny jockey. It's on not it. that good. Yeah. It doesn't need a heavy one. It's yeah. more
1: of a pet pony rather than yeah. a racing pony. But still, <laughs> not one of them
0: <laughs> racing ponies you've read about. Hey, Dave, if I could talk, I'd tell you is the name of the song.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, Sarah Paulini, thank you so much. I would also like to thank uh, from California, aye, but from a place called Escondido. Oh.
2: Ooh, love
3: right. that. Uh, Christian. Etzel or Christian Ezel?
1: Ooh, Izel.
3: Or Ezel. Christian Ezel. All right. I want to give...
0: Name. Christian. Christian. I want to give Christian... <laughs> name. Ezel. Uh, I want to give him... All right. Let's have a look here. I'm going into the bank in what the do brain. You got? I'm going to give him one tub uh-huh. of liquid nitrogen. <laughs> wow. What's that mean? <laughs> I don't- Dave, what does that mean? Also,
1: I don't know what size the tub is. Is it a little tub or a big tub? Gallon tub. Gallon tub. Wow, I,
0: I don't know how big that is. Either. I mean,
3: <laughs> you could use that. You could use that to like remove some warts. Okay, is that <laughs> what it is? Am I do I say dry ice? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I love dry ice. So makes everything kind Will of Will you marry me? <laughs> And get rid of those warts. Yeah, you just
3: th- you throw that down in case they say no, and you disappear behind a puff of smoke.
1: Will you marry me? That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Dave, was that your three?
3: Yeah, th- those are my three. I'm Sorry. glad I finished with giving someone a wart remover.
1: <laughs> is that what it is?
3: <laughs> you can you? But you Google liquid nitrogen. It's you can. The top product that comes up is uh, Compound W Freeze Off Warts. Yeah. Thirty-eight bucks. Okay, well,
0: I mean, imagine what you could do with a gallon of it.
1: <laughs> so many warts. So You'd many be warts. Wart free. Um, I would love to thank some people as well. From Hull in East Yorkshire, I'm thanking Joe Haslam. Joe Haslam from Hull. I'm giving Joe a blue topaz toe ring.
3: Oh, wow, love it. Which toe? Middle one. What's topaz?
1: It's, a, it's probably one of my favourite gemstones. Ah. It's just a very light coloured. They come in like blue, green, yellow. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. Great colours. It's like a sky blue. Oh,
0: yeah. I think I know the one. Lovely. Fantastic colour. Well That's done. nice. Topaz.
1: Love Topaz.
0: Topaz. Exactly. What yes. a beautiful <laughs> word.
3: What, what
1: a beautiful
0: word.
3: word. <laughs> mm. Oh, say it again.
0: I w- I would, I'd read that as topay and just really class it up yeah. a little bit. Uh, Marissa Topay. Might-
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh I'd no actually I'd soften the T, soften the Z. opad, <laughs> opad. Uh a little opad hurring. <laughs> I've softened it. You know, various letters there. And I think if you soften letters, that classes things up. Fuck yeah. And that's does. what we're all about. How do
1: you say my name? Soft. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Samson>. <laughs> that's not <laughs> That's the uh, singer from who married the guy from 48. Degrees or something. <laughs> Jessica.
2: <laughs> her, <hand. laughs>
1: her, her, her.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Soft start and end. Mm. Hesica. <laughs> hmm.
1: That's nice. That's nice. Suck like on that. David Warner. How funny that my brain
0: couldn't very do sharp. both. It couldn't do both softening <laughs> letters and remembering my friend's name. Pick one. <laughs> it could only do one. What a weird thing to come up with.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much, Joe. Please enjoy your um, toe ring. Um, I would also love to thank from Bedlington in uh, Great Britain, Dan Greaves. Dan Greaves
3: is uh, the world's largest pineapple. Oh. Oh, my God. Yum. And not the big pineapple that you're all thinking of, like the world's literally the biggest fruit.
0: Yum. And what is it, is like slightly bigger than what you would expect? Almost twice as big
3: as what you'd expect. <laughs> wow, that's big.
1: I love pineapple. Yeah, and
3: so does Dan. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, that's why I got him across oh, the line so with it's, this. so
1: it's a thoughtful gift. Yeah, it makes sense. And do you think he'll accept your proposal?
3: <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah. I've already booked the venue. Oh, yeah. I hope he says yes, it is non-refundable. Are you getting
1: married at the Big Pineapple? Yes. Oh. He loves it that much. That's nice.
0: Wow. And pina coladas on the menu, I'm oh, guessing. Oh, my favourite drink. Dan loves them too.
1: Oh, you guys are so cute. So. I can't handle it.
3: Don't you worry about us.
1: So far, I've been rejected by all of these people, but um, <laughs> Dave is so Even in Even when love. you
3: gave a tope toe ring, you said no, ring. got stood up.
1: Yeah, I know. Well. I mean, he looked beautiful while he walked away. Obviously, his feet looked amazing. <laughs> while but he hobbled away. He, was, <laughs> he forced
3: it onto his big toe. He was not au okay
0: fait with the toe pad. <laughs> <laughs> no way.
1: <laughs> um, and finally, I would also love to thank um, a supporter who we absolutely love here and who sent us donuts last week. Oh. Where is where's he from? Where is he living?
0: He's from Macau, isn't he?
1: It's where he's living at the moment, I think.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, I think he's living in, in Macau.
1: Yeah, well, of course, now we've given it away, we'd love to thank Suraj Perez.
0: Suraj, what a man. Uh, gave us so many donuts last week.
1: Oh. Thanks, Suraj.
0: I've, uh, Dave put,
3: ate uh, one a day for the week. I have put on weight for the first time because of you, and I thank you. <laughs> I took the most
0: full-on looking ones, and they were both delicious. One was like a cookies and cream, and the other one was an apple crumble. And they were delicious.
3: Mm. Mm. Sorry I, um, to brag. I just love them all.
1: There was um, yeah, Thank you so much. Honestly, way more donuts than people here that day. So um, we certainly appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Evan notoriously will not share chocolate. One share is chocolate. So that chocolate. But he, donut, was, ha- he was a happy boy. Though. Oh, he was so happy. I've never Which seen is, him so happy. It's weird,
0: isn't it? Because chocolate's bad for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> got
1: him. Yeah, got him. So how would um Matt, how would you propose to Siraj? Well, we want to
0: thank him for the for all he's given us. Oh, I don't know. What I mean
1: What do you give the man who gives what, everything?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh I think I'm gonna give Siraj
2: mm.
0: one uh tower the tallest building in the world i'm going to construct it entirely from basically i'm going to use all the diamonds uh that have been held back by the cartel just to <laughs> there's that many now
3: i'm just going wow. to put them
0: all into the world's tallest building every element of of the building is made of diamond
3: wow yeah even the
0: staff even the stuff
1: <laughs> whoa that seems dangerous no
0: <laughs> and then you're going to say
1: suraj it's
0: <laughs> That's the safest thing possible
1: Wow, that's yeah.
0: beautiful. You're, and
3: are you gonna call it Saraj?
0: Yeah. The Siraj Mahal. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's nice. Is it?
1: That's
3: good stuff. <laughs> I'm not well... sure. Yeah. We're limited time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, that's really beautiful. I mean, we didn't have
3: time to brainstorm anything.
1: Thank you so much, Suraj. Thank you to everybody who supports us over at Do go on uh, at um, Patreon.com slash Pod. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, before we go, there's only
3: one thing left to check, and that is if we have any entrance into the famed Trip Ditch Club.
1: Yes, I've got the list up here. So, Matt, this week you have to come up with drinks and Ooh, orders. Oh,
3: fantastic.
0: Well, uh, I So learned... have to.
1: You get to. You get the privilege of doing it. This is
0: something th- I'm thinking I might try and make this tonight. Um, While well, I watch the Saints play against the top team So I might need a few drinks But we, um, uh, not too long ago I learned how to make a breakfast martini So I think that's maybe what we'll give a minute uh, The secret ingredient It's sort of a pretty classic gin martini Only with marmalade Ooh. And a little bit of toast
1: Oh, that's cute Wow
0: Yeah, something in breakfast martinis Yep And of course, we always do virgin martinis as well Of course, for the virgins <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: You can have a big boy drink when you're no longer a virgin. Oh, And
0: and not their value. It's
1: cordial. You get cordial, Dave. Weak cordial, though. Don't worry, you're getting too sugary. Damn, I love cordial. Never got it
3: as a child, so it still has the thing over me. Yeah. For the hors d'oeuvres, these little sort of,
0: um, I don't know too many hors d'oeuvres, but I was at a party last year and they had like these little pikelet things with avocado on top. Oh. It was like a it was a cousin's twenty first or something. Yeah, someone pretty fancy, <laughs> <laughs> and they were great little bite size cold pikeletty things
1: with with some avocado. avocado and, and just and avocado.
0: Well, I think the veggie ones were just avocado, and uh, the meaty ones had salmon or something on it as well. Huh? And they were no, you know what? I think mum made them.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: was it? I don't know what it was for though. But yeah, mum made it for some sort of a party or something. Geez, that makes it sound like I grew up in a palace. <laughs> Does it? My my, pockets with avocado and salmon.
3: Wow.
1: Oh,
0: sorry, sorry, Prince Charles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny because you're saying you're the same age as Prince Charles. Yeah, What's that's he? true. He's
0: um, I'm taking a few years off. Obviously, he's only what 100.
1: Yeah, he's about that. Do
0: yeah. you know his dad is 99?
1: Really? Yeah, he's nearly 100.
0: And his mum's like 94. Mm.
1: Yeah, same age as my that grandparents. Like this
0: week. For some
3: reason,
1: um, Dave. Who was the musical act this week in the British uh, Club? We are Club?
3: very, very lucky to have the musical stylings of The Offspring. Oh, oh, great! Playing their greatest hits. Wow. Okay.
0: So what are we going? We're going to hear uh, "Kim Separated." Wait, uh, what's yeah. that called again? Mm-hmm. Isn't
3: that isn't that what it's called? is called? called? Self-esteem. Self-esteem.
0: Yes. Classic. a uh, pretty songs. fly for a white guy. Yes. Oh dear.
1: <laughs> da, na, 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 <laughs> number one na, 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 hottest
0: 100 from na, your na, station. Na, na.
1: You're what happy now? year? What year?
0: 98. Okay.
1: I was seven years old. Okay. Who cares? When you were actually a youth. It's <laughs> 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 yeah. too young. Too young.
0: <laughs> it's a, sw- a small sweet spot there. Yeah. Are they going to play any sort of diamond related um, covers? Yeah, we'll get them to play diamonds are forever.
1: And they're also going to do Diamonds on the Soles of Their Shoes, Paul Simon. Cover.
0: Yes. I I. I was about My initial question for the report was going to be including Paul Simon, Shirley Bassey and others, and I'm like, hang on, three of these are past reports. So I thought maybe yeah, that would nice make
1: it more one.
3: fun. little peek behind the curtain there. We did not do well, <laughs> Jess and I, to get that question.
1: Anyway, so the three <laughs> people in the Trip Ditch Club this week. Please, boys, join me in welcoming.
3: Please
0: lift that velvety robe. Ooh. From
1: Mount Gambier in South Australia, Alice Laslett. Uh, and Alice is, of course, last but not let. From Sacramento, California, Jack Bergstrom. Oh, Bergie! <laughs> and from Sud- Sudbury in Suffolk, John Paul Hoare.
3: <laughs> the fantastic Hoare. Is that a
1: <laughs> it's good when you have to explain them Because yeah. Yeah,
3: that
0: did not compute I was like, otherwise Did you not get
1: it? No. No. Only when you said like four Okay fair enough
0: I would have said uh, when the moon hits your eye like a big piece of pie That's a whore right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great That's great stuff Let's I would go have said one. like whores thammer <laughs> <laughs> That's fun I did spoonerism. <laughs> oh you didn't mean <laughs> it Wow <laughs>
2: what did (laughs) you mean you didn't mean that (laughs) what did you mean
1: (laughs) 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 somebody the other day was like geez these parts the the after report bits are really getting blown out they're going quite long now but you know what that's where most of the fun happens We have not got time. I, I mean, you can
0: stop as well. You can <laughs> always you just can. stop listening. That's but why it's at the back end. So this is for the true believers.
1: If you do stop, you miss horse thammer. You
0: miss horse thammer. Happy?
3: <laughs> Zappy now? Good,
1: good <laughs> Are you Nappy
0: thou?
3: No. <laughs> N- nappy how? I am nappy thou. <laughs> <laughs> how do <did> you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, fun. thank you so much to everyone that supports the show on Patreon. Um, honestly, it does make a big difference. Yes. makes us able to do it all the time, so thank you.
0: You can't do it without the support of the patrons. It's just, I would not be able to dedicate the time to it because I'd yep. be having to work other jobs.
1: Yeah, exactly. You so,
0: goddamn legends.
3: Thank you so much. And one more time, if you want to get involved, it's patreon.com slash do go on pod. Well, it does bring us to the end of the episode. If you want to get in contact with us, our website's do go on pod.com all the links to our social medias, which are all at do go on pod and our email to at gmail.com. I should plug very quickly the listen now from this week. It's about Joan Jett
0: and the Blackhearts and her classic album. I love rock and roll, which oh, has got her probably her most iconic song. I love rock and roll.
1: Ah, uh, The titular oh, track.
0: Titular and opening track. Oh, very good. It's so a really Just good album open. too. I, I hadn't heard a lot of it. Also, I didn't realize that was a cover. But um, most of the album's originals are hers, and to me, they're the highlights of the album.
3: Ah, oh, cool. Nice one. And I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but um, the most recent book cheat was uh, featured both Jess and Matt. And uh, we talked all about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's right. First novel in that trilogy of five. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that if you like us and if you like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, maybe you'll have some fun with it. Or if you always wanted to know about it, yeah, check that out on the book cheat podcast feed. I would
1: recommend that one. Yeah, it was fun.
3: It was a fun time.
0: And go through back, if you haven't listened to any book cheat, go back through the whole goddamn back catalog. There's 42 fantastic episodes. Thank
3: you so much.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, I guess we'll see you next week.
1: And for our big 250th.
3: That's right, it is the 250th. And if you haven't already, uh, you can get the tickets to see it live because we're doing the live stream. And if you still get the season pass, it means you can get all four streams for the price of three. Yeah, so, so
0: the last two ones are still up there, ready to stream. So if you want to watch today's episode, you can mother and do that.
3: Yep. Yeah, and there's always a bonus bit at the end, and for next week's 250th, it will involve a little partay. Yeah, yes. it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. This one question, what comes before part B? I'm not sure. Part one? Part one, that's what I was looking for. Mm. <laughs> we'll be back next week for part one, but until then, I'll <laughs> say thank you so much and goodbye. Later. Bye.